All right, welcome everybody to the RF Generation Collector Cast, and it is our special Game of the Year, our Games of the Year episode, right? So for the last few years we've done this, we've said, hey, what's the best games that we played in the last calendar year? Just to quickly go over it again for those that haven't listened to the last shows, we just choose them based on what we played in 2015. It has nothing to do when, when it was released, so it can be old stuff, it can be new stuff, but it's just kind of whatever stuck with us in our hearts, and... Uh, Ah, I'm so glad to have both of you here at the same time. Bill, how you been? Doing good. Thanks for asking. Ah, yeah, I know. Uh, are you getting settled in for the winter? You, I, you said we were talking a second ago, and uh, it sounds like, you know, the plan for 2016 is to play more games? Yes, um, definitely. I mean, that when I was kind of making my list for both my, uh, uh, kind of like my favorite games of the year article on RFGen, as well as this show, I was really kind of struck by how few games I really played this year, and that wouldn't be a bad thing if I played a lot of a few really good games, um, but I, you know, I just kind of looked through my list, and I was like, wow, like, how did I not play more than that? So my my New Year's resolution, gaming resolution, um, to go back to the list I used to keep with what I'm currently playing, what's on deck, I think what gets me sometimes is just looking at a billion games, and then just saying, ah! <laughs> I'm going to go clean my closet instead, you know? So, like, I think having that on-deck list where I'm like, well, I have to play that game next. It's in the on-deck circle. So <laughs> that's what I'm getting back to. So I sat down on my PC, and I was like, well, Broken Age. It's on the list, and I started playing it. So that's what I'm going to try to do this year. Nice. Love it. So we'll get an exciting 2016 show next year, then. Oh, way way more exciting. Just skip this one. Go Ooh, straight no. to the 2016 <laughs> no, don't do that. show. Listen well, to sw- this show. Yeah, skip my portion. Just tune no. me out. And then when Chris and Krabby start talking, come Don't back. do that. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm sure you've got some good picks in there anyway. You know, even if you don't play a lot, sometimes as long as you play some good ones, that's all that matters, right? A- a- exactly. And, and the other thing that kind of got me, it's, it's uh, the ones that I played are kind of like, they're not anything that you know anyone hasn't heard of. Um, but I, what I really like is when you when you find that game that you didn't expect to be amazing, and then it took over you know a piece of your gaming life for a bit. Um, I didn't so much have that this year, um, so that's really what I'm hoping to to find that diamond in the rough next year if I can get back to my uh, you know my regular gaming habits. Fantastic, and also of course thanks to be here or thanks <laughs> to him. To, that made no sense. Thanks for being here, Krabby. You're welcome. How are you? <laughs> Got you I'm all flustered. I'm tongue tied tonight. How's, I'm excited. Your, how's your water up there, Crab? Uh, it's good now. Yeah, we were <laughs> going to record this before Christmas, and my hot water tank blew on recording day, so I had to deal with that. And uh, maybe you blew some money on something else here oh, recently, right? A couple things recently, actually. <laughs> Yeah, you want to, I mean, this is a a show where we do on occasion talk about collecting games, so you want to tell the folks what you've been up to? Yeah, Um, so I've mentioned on RF, I can't remember if I mentioned on the podcast, we did a big charity event um, a little while ago for my store, and while we were loading arcade machines into a truck, this guy walks up to me, like right when we open, and he's like, he's got this little cardboard box in his hand, probably fit like an NES and seven or eight games in it, he says, I heard... He's like, hey, Kelsey, I heard I need to talk to you specifically. Uh-oh. And I said, I like, I apologize. I'm, I'm really busy trying to load in for this event. I've only got a couple hours to do it. Like, I really need you to go talk to my staff up front. They'll, they'll be hand with it. <laughs> He's like, just look in the box, like 30 seconds. If I'm wrong, I'll go talk to your guys. <laughs> and so I opened the box, and there's an NES there. I'm digging through the games. You know, you got your, your Mario Duck Hunt, your track and field, 
your your uh, I don't know what's another common game up here: ice hockey, blades of steel, and then right underneath those is one of those old like uh, hard clamshell rental cases. Oh yeah, so I pop it open, and Stadium Events is staring at me. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, so I'm like, okay, I like, I've, I've got like an hour maybe to put aside for this, <laughs> and then I really got to go. So we tear it apart with them. We check the board out. We clean it up. We boot it up. Go through the motions, and everything's legit. It's awesome condition. And the guy's been out of work for months. He kind of knows wow. what it is, and he needs money for Christmas and catch up on some wow. bills and stuff. So it wasn't cheap. But we hopefully gave him a really good Christmas and got it at a decent price. And I, I've got two copies of Stadium Events. <laughs> what was how? What was the story? Did he have a story behind how we got yeah, it? Yeah, I was asking him. Um, he's had it since he was a kid. His dad um, no used to way. travel down to the states because they had a ton of relatives there, and he'd go stay with his uh, brothers down in the states, and he'd come back with a new Nintendo game every time. That was like his his coming back gift. I got you. This game this time, I got you Ninja Turtles this time, I got you Mario Bros. this time, and one of the trips it was stadium events. What? Yeah. <laughs> How does that happen? I don't know. He's just had it in his closet for like twenty years now. And was he like a local to you? Yeah. Yeah, he he doesn't come in a lot, but he's come in the store before we recognized him. So let, let me just, you know, for the people that don't know and don't maybe not remember, like you open the store up, you're in the middle of nowhere Canada. Yeah. Right? <laughs> And, like, walking in your doors, you've had, you know, what, you've had, like, a couple of turbo duos walk in yeah, the door. Yeah, a couple of turbo duos, uh, <laughs> Beyond Shadowgate on one of them. Yeah. Um, we've had Flintstones 2 come through. Which I bought, yeah. yeah. Stadium events now. <laughs> um, what else? We had a Virtual Boy demo kiosk. I had the two entertainment bikes locally. Yeah. There's, there's I live in the wrong country. I'm, seriously. Gold cartridges. But, mm. uh... And, and if that wasn't enough... Yeah, if that, that wasn't enough. In the same month, <laughs> right. I worked out a deal, and I just received it yesterday on December 31st, so it did happen the same month, uh, Magical Chase plus the manual for the Turbo Graphics for my collection. Um, that was a deal I worked out through a guy on Nintendo Age. Yeah. Yeah. So just maybe a small month. Small month. Small month. <laughs> I don't know, man. You've got angels or something looking out for you, which I'm not mad at you. I mean, that's <laughs> amazingly awesome that you've this stuff has come into your hands. And if I can figure out some magical way to scrape up the money. Uh, but we'll I, see. I, I don't need two things. stadium events. So if anyone out there is interested, you can Uh-oh. always PM me on RF Generation or Nintendo Age. Or you could get a hold of I know how to get a hold of the guy, right? So hit us on social media. Yeah. Definitely. Well, we have, that's a lot. We could probably spend a whole show talking about that. Uh, and maybe at some point in time, we'll probably, will I'm, I'm going to guess, do like a turbo PC engine show and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. I'm almost ready. Eight more games, uh, and I got <laughs> all of them. Yeah, and you'd even mention like, oh, here's all these other sealed new turbo graphics oh, yeah, games. Yeah, I have sealed turbo graphics games from another guy on Nintendo Age, too. Yeah, it's awesome. Just a few things. Uh, Bill, have you had some stadium events drop into your hands or anything? Uh, I mean, the rarest game I ever had drop in my hands is in your collection. So <laughs> <You're right. laughs> nothing, nothing really since then. Um, honestly, the uh, uh, I, I I don't know if we've talked about it on the show or not. We may have just after the uh, 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 the uh, sorry, just uh, around the time of the expo. Um, my father in law had come up 
and gave me just a whole, like literally all of his old, uh, uh, you know, game stuff. Mm. And, um, it's been so long since we all got together and chatted. I don't know if I mentioned it on the show or no, not. No, I don't but, think you did. Um, it was, uh, every time we go down to Florida, which is where, uh, my wife, uh, where I met my wife, not where she's originally from, but every time we get on there, we, uh, you know, he said, Oh, do, do you want to, do you want to come see the closet? <laughs> so it's like yes all right this could go one of two ways <laughs> so, <laughs> so we not you know, the we one go, with the leathers in it please right yeah so we go to the uh the fun closet um the game <laughs> closet and uh uh you know it's it, like the door is open and it's like you know he's one of these guys who like doesn't throw boxes away not just for games but like for anything like my if, kind of man yeah like if he bought like uh, batteries like he'd carefully open the batteries you know, put the plastic and the cardboard back together and store them. And like, uh, the only thing that you wouldn't like that he does is he does label things with permanent marker. Ooh. Yeah. Jim Fox's copy of this, you know? Uh, so, uh, uh, there is that, but, uh, uh not everything that that's like few and far between, but, uh, but yeah, so we'd open up the, you know, his, uh, uh, his closet and it was like, you know, the, the NES action set, the, uh, the super Nintendo two, Atari 5200s because one of them broke and then he bought another, but he was like, well, maybe I can fix the old one. <laughs> so there are two of them. One That's works awesome. and one doesn't. Um, so I can test out my repair skills on one. Um, he was a big trackball fan. So the box 5200 trackball was in there. Nice. Um, the, the Odyssey 2, which he had wrapped in saran wrap. Um, so like once he, cause he, he was worried. Yeah. He was worried about box wear. So, you know, you, you pull that saran wrap off. Everything looked great. Uh, the Odyssey 2 boxes look great. Um, he had this, uh, uh, you know, one of the game. I'm not an Odyssey 2 person, but like one of the games on the rarest side, um, uh, what was it called? War of the Ring? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. the big box. Uh, yep, yep, that bigger box, uh, kind of RPG with like a big dragon on it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I mean, that's in there. I mean, it's, it really, and he had a whole bunch of like, uh, 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 paper. So, like, he had like Magnavox Odyssey magazines that were only given out at Magnavox retail stores. He had all wow. of them. Um, but yeah, just, I mean, it's a uh, box N64, boxed Xbox, uh, nice. original PlayStation, um, really, really a whole bunch of really cool stuff. Um, I threw, I threw it in small scores, uh, and I got several PMs after that, like, hey, do you ever want to move that Odyssey stuff? <laughs> and, yep. uh, uh, the, the rule was, uh, you know, he gave it to me because, you know, because I collect and because I appreciate the stuff and because, you know, it'll be, you know, it won't be at a garage sale in two days. So, uh, right. the, the, the deal was you can, you can have all of it. You just got to keep it. And I was like, no problem. So then I told that to some of the people who PM me about the Odyssey stuff and they said, okay, don't sell it to me. Just send it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but no, it's, uh, anyone wants to come over for any, any old time or the next expo we do or whatever, you're welcome to come over and play some Odyssey uh, stuff or whatever. But, uh, yeah, that was, uh, um, you know, with the, with the kids and with the expo and with all, you know, regular life stuff going on. Haven't really had a whole lot of time or money to throw at the collection, but I've been getting the itch lately. So I think uh, I think uh, we might be uh, going after a few things in the near future here. Ah, uh, yeah, and you know it seems like it's cold and nasty, but that just means that uh, garage sale season's not too far away. Yeah, I mean people need that money to turn that heat on. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> you know you might get a stadium event show up mm -hmm. because somebody needs money. Hey, 
Hey everybody, you know all about our sponsor, Off the Charts Video Games. We talk about them all the time. Um, you can find them at otcvideogames.com or OTC Video Games on social media like Twitter and Facebook. I really encourage you to follow them so you can get an update on all their products. Remember that you can always use our discount code COLLECTORCAST to save 5% on your purchases. But I want to tell you about a couple new things that are going on with OTC Video Games. As usual, you can still buy the great products that they've been selling. So used games, individual boxes, manuals. You see pictures of the actual items that you're buying, not just some generic stock photos. Buying from them, if you buy over $50 worth of product in the U.S., they're going to give you free shipping. Um, they also buy used games and consoles. You can get with them. You can turn that into store credit or cash. Um, if you sell them more than $100 worth of items, they're going to give you free shipping of the stuff to their store. So it's a great deal. Uh, they've opened a brand new store in the Culpsville, Pennsylvania area. So if you're out that direction, I really encourage you to stop by their store. Take a look. Tell them that the guys from the Collector Cast sent you over. I also want to mention something new. They're, they've got a nice new clothing line that's available through their website, so kind of cool video game-related apparel. And the big thing is their, their new rewards system. So the rewards are really pretty cool. You can earn these um, doing a variety of things for store credit. One big thing you can do is you can refer your friends. Uh, there's no purchase required to sign up to get an account. So you can sign up for account just for signing up. You're going to get some points. Um, you can accrue those points towards your credit. And if you make a referral, your friend will get 5% off their first purchase, and you're going to get 500 points, which is redeemable for $5 in that store credit. So again, keep that in mind. No purchase necessary. Refer your friends. It's going to help you get some free store credit. So again, just a quick reminder, you can find them at otcvideogames.com or on social media, OTC Video Games, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. These guys do great work. I really recommend that you check them out. And don't forget our coupon code COLLECTORCAST. Anyway, yep. <laughs> well, those are great stories. I wish we had more time for that, but man, we've got to get to the the top twenty fifteen games. Yeah, right? man, a lot of games, a lot of stuff happened. Even though we didn't play a lot, there's a lot to talk about. There is. So the way that this goes is we're going to go for our top five. We're going to start at five. We're going to work our way up. Each one of us gets a turn to talk about our game. Uh, we'll ch chat a little bit about it before we move on from that. Uh, we'll save a little time for some quick honorable mentions at the end. So um, I am going to be very gracious, and I'm going to let Bill go first. So, Bill, number five, 2015. All right, All right. number five, 2015, Bill. Uh, the, I, I, I'm sorry that neither of you have probably either heard of and definitely not played this game, uh, <laughs> but, uh, Gearbox got their hands on the license for a game when I believe THQ went under and then like was selling off all the properties. And this is a beloved classic on PC, uh, for a lot of years. And there really has still not been nothing like it, uh, released since then. It's called Homeworld. Either one of you guys ever hear of it or play it? I've heard of it. I haven't played it. I have no idea. So Homeworld is a real-time strategy space combat uh, game on PC. Um, uh, uh, Gearbox picked the license for it from, uh, like I said, uh, uh, THQ. Well, THQ was a publisher. I forget who originally had the license, but it is a beautiful, big, wide, spacious, open 
uh, uh, like I said, like RT, like most uh, RTS or real-time strategy games, they're kind of ground-based. Um, so you know, you you choose your squadron of tanks or your archers, and you say, okay, attack this thing over here. Um, you know, like your Age of Empires and stuff like that. So you know, being you know the nerds that we are, like we all love things in space. So uh, taking that uh, concept and taking squadrons and fleets and collecting resources and you know, kind of uh, exploring these great big wide open expanses and being attacked by aliens and, you know, figuring out like, uh, you know, diplomatic allegiances and everything. It's so cool. And there is nothing else like it for years. Um, so, so, uh, Gearbox, or sorry, uh, uh, yeah, Gearbox picked up the license for it and made Homeworld remastered. So it's Homeworld one and Homeworld two for one really, really good price. It's like 30 to 35 bucks on Steam. You can get it on sale typically for like 10 or 15. Uh, and they're beautiful, um, beautiful, beautiful games. Uh, I don't want to go too too on about them because of you know the people, kind of people who listen to our show. There's not uh, a ton of people who are kind of into this type of game, but mm, Bill, I think you'd be surprised how many PC players we've got. I probably would be <laughs> 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 because no one ever, uh, uh, you know. Well, there, there's a few like uh, New Poil, uh, regular uh, on the RF Gen. And uh, uh, noise redux addicted. Um, there are some guys who are definitely PC guys. I feel if like you were, all, if you like were on our guys, Twitter stream, you yeah, would know. There's plenty. They gotta get on. Okay, guys, get me on Steam. Wild Bill fifty two, Bill with one L. Because whenever I say something about Steam or PC games on the show, I get I get Steam PMs from the same three people. <laughs> 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 so if that if you want to talk to PC games, you want to play some Homeworld, ah, that that'd be a great place to reach me. Um, but yeah, Homeworlds, um, really, really highly recommended. And honestly, you know what got me on it? Or just like, you know, realizing that it was like a really good game and not just a cash grab. Um, I was actually at the Gearbox, uh, uh, panel at PAX East uh, earlier this year and they decided to show a trailer for, you know, Homeworld Remastered Collection. And I mean, that's the, that's the trailer's job is to get you excited about the game. Guys, it is not possible. To not get excited about Homeworld after watching it is so you'll watch it and it'll be like you'll want to enlist in the Space Army. Uh, it is it is good? so good. Oh man, and and the voice acting, the story, um, like there's there's these great moments where you where it feels helpless, but you you, you figure your, your your strategy, your tactics out. There's a lot of, and but a lot of like kind of you know foreshadowing Dark Souls ish. Uh, you die and you're like oh. I guess I'm going to need to bring more than four ships to this fight, you know, so because <laughs> you have to build your resources, you know, before you kind of like decide to enter the battle. So, uh, uh, really, really cool. Um, if you've ever, you know, kind of been interested in RTS or played the genre at all and kind of wondered, Hey, I wonder how they do that in space and have it be like the best space RTS ever. Uh, Homeworld Remastered Collection. Very, very good. So is this one of those four X games that you talk about all the time? Not really. I mean, there's aspects of it. Um, when you say 4X, you kind of like, uh, like the way I think of that, it's like, okay, here's a map. It's like a set world, and then you play that game until you've 4X'd that world to death, and it's like, okay, that playthrough's over, and then when you want to play it again, you start another, like, rando world, like, you know, Civ style, or, you know, Endless Legend, or, you know, any one of those. This is a, uh, like, an episodic, like a story uh, type game. Hmm. So when you play it, it's like, okay, level 1 through 10. So then when you go back and you play level, you know, 2 or 3 or 4 again, it's the same scenario. You know what's going to happen. So it becomes one of those things where you're just playing, uh, uh, you know, playing the scenario for the story or playing for like bonus objectives or playing to try to, you know, not lose a guy. 
Um, so it's the kind of thing that you can kind of play through the entire story once and be like, okay, done, that was awesome, and then maybe go to multiplayer. Or you can just be like, that was awesome, I'm ramping the difficulty, I'm going to go play it again. So there is exploration, but it's kind of like a set, you know, limited world, and it's always the same. Um, there is, you know, like the combat uh, kind of aspect to it, but it's not what I'd call a 4X for, uh, game. So, uh, I mean, to help me understand, would that be like Command & Conquer, where each mission was like a separate thing? Uh, exactly, yeah. Command okay. & Conquer is, is probably one of the big staples of the RTS genre. Um, if, uh, if you've ever, uh, you know heard of a Command & Conquer. Well, a lot of people have heard of Command & Conquer. That's the only one I've ever played. Oh, you played it? Okay, yeah. I played that in Red Alert. It's probably the most similar to... So that's a great example. So Red Alert and Command & Conquer is an extremely popular uh, and accessible RTS series, but it's all on the ground, or it's all on the water, or it all has, like, you know, there's air combat, but it's like you're pretty much just hovering over land tiles. Yeah. So it's kind of isometric in two dimensions. Homeworld is completely 3D, and not hmm. fake 3D where you just pan around stuff. Like, if you like, you don't just send your guy from here to there. You can send him here to like you know 1,500 meters. But like the way you control the 3D planes, um, and it actually kind of makes it like a little bit like Star Trek 2E with like the uh, the very end because like it's I not love just, Star Trek 2. Yeah, it's not just two ships coming at each other and firing. It's like there's actually like enormous ships doing dogfights because you got one guy going up, you got one guy coming across. So you can take your freighters and you can have them go and like do like a. Uh, uh, you know, resource collection, like, down in the lower altitudes of the atmosphere towards the planet, and you can kind of give them, like, some shielding down there. You can bring some fighters up as a diversion, then bring some guys straight through the middle. Like, there's just things you can do in that third dimension that, like, no other RTS does. And it's just amazing how popular the game was back in the day. No one's made anything like it since then. Like, not even something that tried to be it and it wasn't as good. Nothing. The only thing that's close to it is the new Homeworld Remastered. <laughs> <laughs> so, just tell me this. Do I get to arm the Genesis device at any point in the... Uh, it's not available on the Genesis. <laughs> you have to play it on the PC. Oh, uh, um, No, yeah, you... Uh, uh, that's that's probably not a thing that's gonna that's gonna happen. From hell's heart, I stab at thee. <laughs> <laughs> ah, all right. So, Homeworld remastered. I'm gonna guess Steam is the way you get that, right? Steam's the way you get that. Um, uh, as far as the uh, the physical collectors out there, um, I am not aware of a physical release as of yet. Um, so, yes, Steam would be the way you would uh, procure that guy. Fantastic, fantastic. All right, so we got a PC game. I, I expected a few from you, Bill, and I, I'm glad. I, I'm like, I'm glad because I know you don't realize that there are a lot of people that are playing PC games that listen, and I'm glad that you can bring that to the show because I know Krabby and I are, are totally lost. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and, I'm, and I'm telling you guys, like, and, and the two of you and everybody out there, and I would even say everybody out there, please <laughs> just go watch the Homeworld Remastered Collection trailer. And just, you know, whether you never play it in your life, just... Oh, and I should mention also, the Homeworld Remastered Edition does include the original version, so if you just want to play the Ridge, you can do that too. Kind of like the LucasArts games always give you the original when they do a remastered uh, collection. Or Telltale, rather, I should say. Uh, but yeah, just go watch the trailer. It's so, so, so cool, and it just ma it, it'll make you want to play the game. Fantastic, fantastic. Uh, real quick, uh, uh, sorry, sorry to interrupt. Real, Chris, no, you go ahead. Chris, when's this going to air? Uh, January. 
Uh, not by the fourth, right? Three days. No, no, okay. that's not going to happen. I, I didn't because it's on sale on Steam, but the sale ends the fourth, so I didn't know if I should even mention the price. No, no. Okay, All right, chop that. <laughs> Cut it yeah. out. It's twelve dollars right now, by the way. Twelve whole dollars. Yeah, down from thirty-five. Well, Krabby, number five. Number five. Um, an old PS2 game I've been playing over the last few months. Really? Yeah. PS2. Um, I've been lamenting with a friend for forever now, it seems like. There, there's all these awesome PS2 RPGs that we've been wanting to play, and we've just never found the time to do them. So we've put aside Sunday mornings. I head over to his house at like 8 in the morning before my family typically gets up, and we put a few hours in. And since, like, early November, we've been plugging away at Shin Megami Tensei Nocturne on the PS2. Interesting. Uh-huh. I've got that one. I've not played it. So, Have you played any of Nocturne? the Shin Megami Tensei games? Uh, pers- the original Persona, and I didn't beat it. So it, it follows those tropes, like, gameplay-wise, where you, yeah. like, capture demons and you can fuse them into other more powerful demons as they become less useful. Mm-hmm. Um, so we spent a lot of time fusing things because when you put two demons together um they can have you can have skills from both of them show up um, but they're randomly selected and depending on the demon it's turning into uh, weaknesses and strengths some spells can appear and some just aren't you can't do it like if he's weak to ice you can never get like bufodine on there because it's an ice spell so we spend, sometimes I go over there for three hours and we just fuse demons for three hours and argue about which <laughs> skills they should have. <laughs> There's no actual progressing, progressing the game. Uh, but I've had so much fun just like passing a controller back and forth and going through these like, they're pretty in-depth dungeons in some of them. Um, the story in it is a little sparse, but the atmosphere of the game is fantastic. Um, you start off as just these like, I don't know, probably 18, 19 year olds in Tokyo. And within the first like real time hour of the game, the world just becomes enveloped by this like demonic version of Tokyo. It, the whole, like it does in Tokyo. A yeah. lot, sure. The whole city like <laughs> curls into a ball. So there's no escaping it. And you are infused with these demon powers and you start finding your friends and they start succumbing to different demons, like taking them over and you've got these different factions that are trying to basically destroy the world and rebirth it in their own image. Nice. And so you decide partway through that you w- would like to do this as well. So you have <laughs> Why all these... not? Ever? All the other kids are doing it. Yeah, the cool kids are doing it. So you get these uh, story options every once in a while where you can kind of... You get two or three different options, and they'll make kind of a dark reason or a light reason for rebuilding the world. And so we're not even sure what our reason is right now because you don't know until you get your ending at the end. Um, So we're playing through it and we're loving it. And yeah, the atmosphere is fantastic. The demon fusion is so much fun. Uh, If you played any Shin Megami Tensei game, the gameplay would be very, very familiar. Um, It's probably not the best one, which is why we started with it first because we're planning to move on to like Digital Devil Summoner and uh, um, what's the other one now? Digital Level Strange. Saga and Devil Summoner. I'm getting them mixed up. What part? What? Where does Strange Journey fit? Um, that one's the DS one, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I haven't played that one yet. I think that one comes super, super early in the in the lore, if I'm correct. Okay. I'm not positive. So on that, for though. so for somebody that's not played 
let's tell you know if there's somebody out there that has not heard about what the gameplay is like on this so tell people why they should get hooked on it um it's a jrpg so you've got your your combat is four characters um on your team one of them is always your main character and then three demons of your choice um out of well there's probably at least 100 in there that you can catch or fuse at some point in the game um, so when you're fighting your battles, you can defeat enemies, you can talk to them um, and try and recruit them. Sometimes you can just get items from them. Sometimes they have no interest in talking to you and it just makes them matter. Um, but the best part about these games, too, in the gameplay is that you always have to pay attention. Grinding is dangerous. You can't just sit there and keep mashing fight because you will have enemies that are immune to physical attacks or that counterattack, physical attacks, um, and same with magic. If you keep relying on the same magic spell, you'll start seeing enemies that are immune to them or reflect them or even gain life from them. Um, hmm. So you always have to pay attention. It's always challenging. They never... There's no no free riding in, in any of the Shin Megami Tensei games I've played. They always make them challenging, so you can't just breeze through any part of them. Now, does this one have, like a lot of the other ones, have kind of like the social links kind of set up as well, or no? No, nothing like that. Um, this one's just about the dungeon crawling. Uh, there's no okay. social aspect to this one. It's all, you're pretty much solo the whole time. Like, when you run into someone, story-wise, that you know in the game, you talk to them, and then they're gone for hours. You don't see anyone again. You feel very lonely in this game. And so... Because that's a so the social aspect's a big part, like the Persona yeah, series. Yeah, th- I think that's so. more linked to Persona. Um, I don't even think that's a big uh, thing in the Digital Devil or uh, Devil Summoner series either. So, you, do you like the social piece in that better, or are you kind of glad it's like, eh, get it out of the way? No, I, I love the social play. piece. Like Persona three and four are two of my favorite games ever. Um, the social aspect is a ton of fun. You have to worry about what you want to study or if you want to blow it off. or <laughs> Yeah, and all the new people you meet in those games open up new fusion options for you, so they like complement the gameplay very very nicely. Gotcha. Now, now is the combat as a turn-based? or? Yeah, yeah it's like any, any old JRPG. Nothing fantastic there, nothing new. Um, just your same old, you know, you got like your fight, magic, items. Um, the other ones you can do are like you can talk or you can get other things other than talk. You can try and like charm monsters or seduce them, or intimidate <laughs> them. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, like oh, they're, oh. all the monsters, all the demons that you're getting are from different mythologies from all over the world. So sometimes you're trying to like seduce like a, what do you call them? Last, it's like a, fr- a friendly gorgon like, like or a succubus. something. Yeah? Oh, yeah. okay. So, so you might want to seduce a succubus because, you know, they're like a sexual kind of demon. Sure. And other times you'll be fighting like a, Greek god, and you want to try and intimidate them because they're impressed by might kind of thing. Huh. huh. Bill, you have any exposure to these games at all? Zero. <laughs> I've, I've, I've heard of Shin Megami Tensei, and I don't know anything beyond that it's Japanese and that it's obscure and that it's niche and that people really, people who are into it are like really into it. Um, but yeah, no, I've never played any of them. Um, I guess I'm confused by, oh, that's a Shin Megami, so it's the same, oh, no, it's different, it's, is that the guy <laughs> from, and then, you know, like, people, but then, I hear so much about Persona when a Persona comes out, yeah. and then I just, I just don't know how, like, all the world links together, and it's just, I don't know, I guess it's just never really, uh, you know, been intriguing enough for me to, like, search it out, but it, it seems like, uh, 
just one of those, uh, you know, kind of niche JRPGs. The Persona ones are definitely the most accessible, mm-hmm. but even then they don't, they're accessible story-wise and they still have that really brutal gameplay and you got to spend a lot of time fusion uh, with demons and there's a lot of dungeon crawling. So even then, like, even though they're most accessible, they're still very, very niche. Mm. All right. Well, I mean, that's, um, yeah, that's, well, so that's quite a few years back. So is Shin Megami Tensei a guy? <laughs> it, it's like calling it Final Fantasy. It's the, yeah. uh, it's the series. Oh, so, they're all so linked not- together. So they have like tropes that follow them from game to game, but they story wise mm-hmm. they don't have anything in common. Okay. Yeah, Mr. So, Tensei. So it's an anthology type of series. Yeah. Okay. With 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 Link. Is there like a Biggs and Wedge in every game? <laughs> um not really. Like with the demons, yes. Like you'll see the same demons in a lot of the games. Uh-huh. Um, but you won't have the same like main characters in a lot of them. Okay. And they always kind of center around kind of like high school Japanese students, right? Yeah, usually they're like kids like coming of age or just starting to become an adult, like that kind of age group. Right. Is there a lot of amnesia involved? Um, no, <laughs> not to my it seems knowledge Seems to be a JRPG yet. trope. <laughs> they, <laughs> so. Stay away from that one. <laughs> That's okay. They, they always try and make the main character, they don't project too much onto him so that you can make him however you want. Mm. So the main character is usually very devoid of backstory and stuff, and then you just kind of fill it in however you play him. Okay. But they do a so, great job at dialogue and developing the the other main characters. They, they're they well, especially in the Persona games, they're very well known for uh, just having these amazing characters that you can really get attached to after spending time with. Yeah, and these are usually like pretty heavy on the hour count to play through, right? Yeah, I think we're at the 50-hour count now, um, mm. and probably 10 hours of that's fusing demons. <laughs> um, but I think we're we're about we're within five or six hours at the end of the game now. We shouldn't be too many more weeks. By the end of January, we'll have that one done. All right, and then you're moving on? Yeah, then we're going to pop in another Shimigami Tensei game. I think we're doing uh, Devil Summoner next. Very nice. Very nice. So who knows? Is, Maybe next is year. Is Devil Summoner the one you just got? Um, no, I've had those ones for a couple of years now. Oh, I'm, I'm, uh, which, what's the one I'm thinking of that Floyd just picked up? I'm not sure. The, the, the oh, Devil's Third? Devil's Third. That, that's one, that one's not a Shin Megami totally game. Different. That's an action yeah. game. Yeah. Okay. Totally different. Well, good. All right. So um, is that one pricey now? Um, no. Nocturne's still like. 20 bucks or less. Um, I think they did a second print run of it really late um, with a lot ah, of the okay. Shimigami games. So they, they had another wave of them come out. So you can find sealed ones for like 20 bucks, not too challenging. Really? Well, that's a good pickup then. That's yeah. a good pickup. All right. So um, I'm going to move over to my number five. Um, I, the, I think the hardest part for me was really deciding what to bump off at the end. And so the number five was probably the hardest pick. Uh, because it cost me some other things. <laughs> um, so my number five is, and I'm going to be curious if I hear about this from Bill a little bit later. And if so, Bill, you can stop me so I won't drone on forever about it. But okay. uh, number five for me is Fallout 4. Ooh, interesting. Um, number five, wow. Number five. Uh, and I'll explain, I think, why. 
Um, I'm going to imagine a lot of people know Fallout and kind of everything that goes into it. And I'm still actively playing through Fallout 4. I'm, I think I'm getting pretty close to the end. I have probably 120 hours in it right now. Um, and I there's still that's one of those games where you could literally never stop playing if you wanted to. Um, you don't have to beat it and it's over sort of thing. It, it will just keep feeding you stuff or you can keep questing or killing things or whatever you want to do uh, forever, which is pretty typical of like, you know, Fallout 3 and Fallout New Vegas. So if you've played those, you know what you're in for with Fallout 4. And I think that was the thing that really stuck me first off when I got into it. It was like, wow, this is so unchanged. Um I mean, they they added a few things. There's a lot more companions. There's this whole town building aspect. There's power armor that you can use, um, which is kind of cool. Uh, you know, but the basic gameplay idea is, you know, this typical stuff, right? You start off, um, yeah, you and your wife and, and kid are, you know, rushed into a vault because, you know, the nuclear Armageddon is coming and you're sealed away. Um, and I think I can say this part because it's just like the first few minutes of the game. I'm not going to ruin anything for anybody. I mean, less spoilers. You don't want to know what the first five minutes of the game is. Um, <laughs> but uh, what happens is uh, you're you get put into the frozen cryogenic sleep, and so you're so is your wife and your your newborn baby, and you wake up at some point in time and you can't get out, but someone else has started thawing people out, and you can just watch as across from you. They go and open your wife and baby's pod, and they start. They want to take the baby from her, and she starts fighting them, and they shoot her to take your your son. Um, and then they refreeze you, so there's nothing you can do. And then you again, you wake up at some point in time. You do your stuff to exit the 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 vault, and then it's Fallout, right? You're back. Here's as a wasteland. It's the Boston area this time around. And you're going to do your Fallout stuff, right? So it's in this one, it is, you know, find out what happened to your son, get your son back. Uh, and it has its twists and turns. I definitely won't get into any of that because I don't want this to be a spoiler uh, sort of sort of thing. Uh, it does have some really, I think, good story twists to it. So uh, I liked that part of it. The gameplay is solid. It's Fallout. So if you, if you like that, um, they've done a really good job of improving the... Uh, the first person shooting mechanic, because in the old games, it just honestly wasn't very good. It was very stat heavy and people that play those games think when I point my gun at somebody and pull the trigger and the crosshairs is on them, it should hit them. <laughs> and it was more stat based before where now they've kind of made it more first person shootery. So, um, you can do that, uh, or you can play it. You know, using the VAT system, which they've continued over from three and four. I mean, from and New Vegas, which I love. That's kind of the way I like to play the game. Uh, is primarily using VATs as much as I can. It's a lot more strategic, uh, and you get to really have a lot of control over it. They've done some really cool things in this one that I liked. They have added in. Um, Bill, have you played a lot? Yeah, uh, well, I shouldn't say a lot. I haven't played as much as everyone else in the world has. Yeah, um, I put maybe about thirty hours into it. Okay, okay. So again, I'm not going to give anything away, but you've no doubt run into like the legendary yes. items. So based on your luck skill, you may run into these legendary enemies, and they will drop special equipment. 
uh, whether it be a weapon or a piece of armor, and it'll have special stats attached to it. And it's kind of random. Um, and it's, it's, it's a lot like, not to interrupt, but it's a lot no, like, you go for it. it's a lot like in Borderlands when you kill a boss, it's like, they'll always drop like this, like, you know, cool special weapon that has a special name and has a, you know, like it's, it's tied to that, you know, boss, or that piece of the story. But based on your level, you know, when you get it, it might not be that cool for very long. Right. Um, and the higher your luck stat, the more often you're going to encounter these things. Um, and I think they did, I would probably guess, rip this off of Borderlands. That's what it feels like to me. I don't know how you feel about it. About the the legendaries? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I, I don't see a whole lot of similarities to Borderlands, but that's the pretty much the only game I can draw a parallel with uh, doing that uh, type, of, uh, uh, type of mechanic. That's the only thing I can think of, because they've tightened up the FPS part, so you could play it just like an FPS if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've dropped in these super items. My only downside to that is my luck stat is so high, I get them all the time. So now <laughs> they've just kind of become junk. Too damn lucky. <laughs> well, I mean, that's it, right? At a certain point, I've got so much of them, it's not cool anymore. It's just like, oh, here's another one of these things. I don't really want this. Right. And it's taken away the special factor. And I think that's a little bit of a problem. Um, pun, pun, pun intended there? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I don't know. I guess if you want to play a different way, just keep your luck stat low. <laughs> it wouldn't happen to you. But uh, the reason I like that is because, in, just like in the other games, you can pick perks. Uh, the perks work a little differently in this game in that you have like a, a almost like skill trees would you say bill more like that yeah it's uh, i actually um did not like the uh, perk system in this uh-huh. one at first um it's a lot like the way i felt about and i know only the pc guys are going to understand me here when you went from civ 5 to civ beyond earth civ 5 gave you a very small tree of the things that you could open up based on like the technology you researched and like, you know, you can, you can only get like these two or three things. Like that's all you can do. Um, and then like as you research certain things and you could research more and like the tree made sense. And then Beyond Earth said, okay, it's going to be the, now the tech web. And it kind of gave you like everything available from the beginning, from the center outward. And it gave you more choice, but it also was much more complicated and made it, you know, it, it didn't really feel like you were progressing. You were just kind of like shotgun blasting it. So like when I first got to the perk, uh, like that poster, it took me a long time. I was like, ah, oh, can't you just like Fallout 3 gave you like, you know, like five or six of the perks you were eligible for. Yeah. And you, and you just scroll through them and you were like, I like that. Go. Yeah. And like now I feel like, ah, oh, I got to scroll through this poster every time I level up. And it's, it's, I don't know. It, it didn't feel, it didn't feel like leveling up was like as big a deal. Cause like you're kind of like, you know, and then you got to go. Well, the one cool thing I do like about the the um, the special stats is they don't. Well, it's, it's I guess it's up and down. You're not crippled by your special stats early in the game because every time you level up, you can you can increase them. Um, in in previous Fallout games, the only way to increase the special stat was to find a bobblehead. Uh, so now that every time you level up, you can add one to one of your special stats is pretty cool. It's a pretty cool way to not like handcuff yourself. But I, I know what you're saying, like, the, I don't know, the perk tree or poster, like, whatever it is you call it, um, it's, you know, it took some getting used to for me. Like, I'm cooler with it now than when I first started the game, but my first reaction to it was, like, 
Um, can you just tell me what I'm eligible for so I don't have to go through like 30 different things? Yeah, and I guess the problem I have with it too is that um, it's a little overwhelming. There's a ton of it on there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess I just I, I look at it and I go, well, there's just some things I even if I think it's cool, I'm never going to be able to get it. Because I thought this was supposed to be like one of your favorite games this year. This is a big downer so far. Well, I, I'm I'm beating up on the parts that you know that are the not so good. So I'll be honest. I mean, because I the other parts I like, you know. Um, so don't worry. I'm going to get to some of the the goods. All right. Um, all right. But uh, I think just in general. So the idea that uh, again that I, with the legendaries also kind of applies to a lot of other things. They've taken the stuff that you liked from the other games and went, oh well, there was just a few of them. Let's give you tons of them now. So, like, the magazine, like, the books you could find, and they would, you know, give you little bonuses. Those are everywhere. There are tons of them! <laughs> just, just they're littered everywhere. But, but you know what's cool is the things they give you aren't, like, super-powered. It's like, oh, when you sneeze, you get extra ammo. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, stuff like yeah. that. So, like, they're all very specific. But, but you're right. Like, I found maybe, like, one bobblehead in the game so far, maybe two. I found, like, maybe, like, a dozen of those magazines so far. And it's all, like... I hover over it, and it's like, oh, like, now you're, you know, this skill at night is plus 2% or whatever. So, like, they're not super overpowered, but uh, those I'm kind of cool with because you do find so many when they're not super powerful. Yeah, I mean, it does give you that cool, you know, yeah. when you find one. But after a while, again, it kind of loses its magic because it's not. And honestly, there's like a truckload of bobbleheads now. So, again, they're not as exciting when you find one. I mean, they're still hard to find. But, again, it's not like there's just one for each stat like there used to be. Now there's just a bunch of them mm-hmm. uh, for all sorts of different things. And, like, all your companions, if you get them to like you to a certain degree, they all have a special perk they give you. Mm-hmm. And you get to keep that perk even if they're not with you. That's cool. Um, I like that part. So it's not like, oh, I don't like this guy. I have to keep him with me all the time. And Who's, but, who's, your, who's your least favorite companion? Strong. Oh, Totally. 100%. Strong. Strong sucks. 100%. I hate Super Mutants, number one. Like, why would I ever want one with me? Plus, he talks all the time. Uh-huh. He's super annoying, and he hates people. So every time you get near people, <laughs> he's like, strong, not happy. I know. And if you talk to anybody, he's mad. Yeah. What he are you like doing it. with that stupid person? He killed yeah. my sister. Or you put power armor on. A uh, human look like stupid robot. And he doesn't <laughs> like, like it. And you're like, like you know, oh, come like, on, you man. You know what's strong? Why don't I put you back at the bottom of the ocean where I found you? <laughs> yeah, and I, I put this out on social media, but, but why does every super mutant sound like um, D'Onofrio from Men in Black? You know what I mean? When he was, when he was the bug, you know? Oh, man, he was so awesome. Your, your, your skin's hanging off your face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, exa- that's exactly what all the super mutants sound like, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, there's just a bunch of eggers running around. No, <laughs> I, I really hope at some point he, he asks for sugar in water. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Give me sugar. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what he sounds like. You're um, right. <laughs> I, as soon as I heard that, I was like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> and um, the, you know, the other companions, some of them are okay. Some of them are good. I, you know, I found one I really like and, um, you know. Um, McCready, I like him. He's the one I I try to keep with me. Sounds like things are getting pretty serious. Uh, you know, I've I have messed around with some of the other ladies. I'll say that. <laughs> uh, you know, and that's the thing too is you can have romantic relationships with every single one of them if you want to. Right. At no the same time. 
Yeah. <laughs> and there's no, like, the game doesn't punish you for that, or they don't get jealous. It's just like, whatever. Um, so you can totally whore around if you want to. Game doesn't care. Um, I will say um, the positives. There is so much content here. Uh, this is a game you could probably play for three, four hundred hours if you wanted to. Sure. I mean, I don't want to, <laughs> but <laughs> you could. I mean, there is, I feel like I've gotten pretty far and there's still so much I have not touched and so many places I've not gone. And I'm, I'm, I'm like level 55, you know what I mean? So I've played it a lot. Uh, I feel like there's just almost to the point where it's like, wow, there's too much for me to ever really get to here um, in any reasonable time. Uh, I think if you, I think I might like this more if I were taking it in smaller chunks and playing things in between, and, and that might be what I do. Uh-huh. That might be what I do in the future. Uh-huh. I might beat, I might beat the main story and go. I'll come back to this in pieces. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. Um, but like I said, you know, there's. I feel like they tried to go like, oh, you like this stuff? Here's just more of it, and that's not always a good thing. Plus. The town building mechanic stuff is stupid. And I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> it's annoying. It's a pain in the butt and stupid. So that's my opinion of the town building stuff. <laughs> uh, but overall, I mean, still, that's my number five. So, I mean, I still like Fallout and sure. I still enjoy playing Fallout. Um, do I think Fallout 4 is better than 3 or New Vegas? No. I still think New Vegas is the best one. But. Is it a great Fallout game? Yes. And will I keep playing it? Yes. So for all my Debbie Downer stuff that I'm coming up with, <laughs> I'm just saying that's because like from a place of love. You know what I mean? Totally. Sometimes you're a little more critical of the things you're close to. Uh, absolutely. And and I find the same thing happens when people give reviews of things that, uh, like using Star Wars as an example, like, okay, I really love this new Star Wars, and that's my entire review of the things I love about it. Yeah. Here are all the things I don't like about it. And it's like, no, no, but I like it, but here's all the issues I have with it. I feel like big, awesome games that everyone, you know, for the most part loves, like Fallout, um, that's what you get. You get, this stuff is great, let me tell you all the things I don't like about it. Um, so, <laughs> so not to belabor that too much, I'm just gonna fast forward things a little bit to, uh, Wild Bill's, uh, number four game of, a uh, 2015, Fallout 4. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so so I was kind of wondering if this was going to make it high in your list. So tell yeah, me. I, I mean, so, so you go so, for it. Yeah. So your I, turn. Mean, your I turn. haven't I haven't played uh, as much as you have. Like I said, I've only got about thirty hours into it. And and again, this is a great Fallout game. And if you like Fallout, you're going to like this game. You're not going to be upset that you bought it. There are some formulas that stay exactly the same. There are some formulas that change. Some of the changes are interesting. And they're not better or worse. They're just different. You're like, oh, it's interesting they made that change. Um, and a lot of them are minor, and a lot of them, you know, just like you said, a lot of them are a little bit bigger. Uh, I enjoy playing this game a lot. I do not like playing it in small chunks. I can't play for 30 minutes. I feel like I don't get anything done. Uh, so definitely. So, like, so you'll, you'll get in there for 30 minutes, you'll mod two guns, sell a whole bunch of junk, and you'll be like, I didn't do anything. Like, what am I even <laughs> doing with myself? So I kind of need a couple hours to do it. So that's, that's why I haven't played a lot lately, because I've been gaming in very small chunks lately. But anyway, it's good. It's uh, So let me go the opposite way and tell you all the stuff I really, really like about it. Go I, for it. I really, really, really like the beginning. Um, 
Well, uh, I disagree with you on New Vegas versus Fallout 3, and that's fine. Um, I think 3 is better. Um, but just let me tell you, I think 3 has a very weak, long, boring opening. Um, it, it takes too long to get out of the vault, and then by the time you get out of the vault, you're like, ugh, I just need a break. Like, I just need to go do something else. So, like, this game gets you in and out of the vault very quickly. You kind of see the world before the nukes fall, which kind of has, like, a little Bioshock uh, Burial at Sea type vibe to it, which is really cool. Uh, then the nukes drop, and you get to, you know, get to see that. You're out of the vault very quickly. Uh, spoiler alert, when your wife is killed, it's actually, like, people die in video games all the time. But when your wife gets shot, when she won't hand over her baby, it's, like, this big, loud, like, pop of a gunshot. And she's, like, you know, fighting with this guy at the time, and she just goes silent and limp. And, like, something about that death, like, it actually, like, hit me. I was like, oh, my God. And then, uh, you know, so your son is taken, and then you end up waking up. And just the piano score, like those like three notes that you hear all the time in Fallout games, uh, when you come out of the vault and just like the lighting and the the score, and you come out in the world, was awesome. And then you and you're right at your old home. You find you know no no spoilers. You you know you find some stuff there. Uh, you find some personalities that you knew before. How's that possible? It's been two hundred years. Don't worry about it, buddy. Um, <laughs> But you know what's weird to me, too, is the world felt very small right away. And not because, you know, of any reason other than I would kind of zoom out on the map. And I'm like, wow, like, it doesn't seem like, yeah, it just doesn't seem like that big, like, an actual map. And then you start moving across it. And you start opening up, like, great, you know, big chunks and areas and stuff. And, like, it's, you, once you realize, okay, I put 10, 12 hours into, like, this little, you know, tenth of this section of the map. And there's, like, ten times that more to go. So, ton of content. Really strong opening. Music is great. You play a lot in VATS. I actually played a lot in VATS in Fallout 3. I play more real-time in this one, possibly because the shooting mechanic is so much better. Uh, but the other part of it is VATS isn't like a stop time anymore. It just slows time down greatly. Um, also, maybe because my luck isn't as high as you, most of my VATS shots miss. <laughs> oh, yeah. So uh, uh, VATS isn't really that effective unless I'm really uh, up close. Um but yeah, I mean, so there's so, and the 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 other big 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 change that really changes the game, uh, it's super inspired by Minecraft. Uh, so in previous Fallout games, junk was just junk. It took up space in your inventory. You sold it for next to nothing. Is useless. It was just existed in a chest drawer for you to like ignore while you found the actual good stuff. Nothing in the game is junk anymore because everything breaks down into components that you can use to make stuff that matters. Tell now, me this. Are you always like, oh my gosh, does it have a gear in it? Does it have oil in it? So here, here's here, here's the way I play <laughs> screws, it. Screws! So, give me some screws! So, so the way it used to be, uh, I'm not looking for specific things. But the way it used to be, I'd go through a drawer in Fallout 3 or New Vegas. And you'd be like, okay, burn book. Okay, whatever, just ignore it. But now, as you do more and more breakdowns, you'll see, like, toy car, and you're like, yeah, there's screws in that. <laughs> yeah. Or you'll see, like, fire extinguisher. Yeah, or you'll be like, I'm carrying 14 typewriters, son! <laughs> <laughs> so, I got springs all day! Yeah. <laughs> so, like, it, it adds out of that mechanic where, like, okay, now I can find way more cool stuff. And the, the thing with the companions being so cool, now I got companions to take with me. I always have doubled my storage, and it's not like my companions can die like in the previous games. They can just become incapacitated. So I can carry more stuff now already, too. So now I can reallocate my strength points. Like everything, like is like has this like cool balance. Um, but yeah, the it's very inspired by Fallout, 
and it's good and bad. It's good in that you can really spend a lot of time exploring and tinkering the stuff and like, you know, modding weapons and, and things like that. But at the same time, it takes a lot of time to do that. So like a lot, like that's part of the reason why you can't just play for 30 or 40 minutes because, you know, after you're done with like, you know, whatever, like raiding a building or like going through like, you know, whatever, like a settlement you just found, you're like, okay, I have 37, you know, pieces of junk that I have to go back to a settlement drop on the ground and then break down piece by piece so that I can, you know, like uh, get all these components. No, um, no, no, Bill, you don't do that, do you? I that's what I started doing when I was first playing, yeah. You you can just uh put all your junk right in the workbench. Yeah, I was doing it the other way. Oh no. So cuz I was I couldn't figure out it. I was like, why can't I do it right from the menu? And I was like, cuz I'm in the settlement. And yeah. then I realized Oh, because I, because you know when they taught you how to break, uh, what do you call it? They taught you how to break uh, things down, uh, like like old house debris and stuff. Yes. I'm like, oh, I guess that's how they want me to do it. So I would go to like a flat uh... piece of ground. I would drop all of the stuff I was carrying. Break down, break down, break down, break down, break down. <laughs> I can just imagine. This. <laughs> Over. So that gets me to my point. There are a lot of things that the game really should do a better job of teaching you how uh, to do supply routes. Dude, oh man, supply routes. This game has so much functionality and doesn't want you to know about it. No, I know it's and it is not it's I mean there's a billion examples. Like that's one that's the one that hit me the hardest. And then when I'm like in a workbench and I'm like, wait a minute. There's the option I've been looking for in my menus all this time. Like I just figured it would show up in the menu because like, you know, I'm in the town now. Um, but, uh, yeah. And the game does not explain supply routes to you ever. No. And also, and also like, I wanted to have like a medic station and sanctuary because I didn't want to go to also the, one of the coolest video game moments I've had in years, uh, going to diamond city for the first time and no spoilers for some people who haven't been there. Everyone in the world keeps talking about Diamond City, and I'm thinking like Vegas. I'm thinking it's like gambling or it's some you know, big money place. And then when you find out what it is, I'm telling you, goosebumps. You're like, oh, Diamond City. I get it. <laughs> so awesome. And I was actually just to the point where I was like, why doesn't this game have a megaton? And I was like, oh, here it is. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, like uh, I wanted a medic station like in my town. So I spent like three level up perks to get like. Whatever perk it was, uh, like, uh, what's it called? Uh, I forget. It's like local like leader. Community leader. Yeah, yeah lo- whatever Local it is, yeah. leader. And then I got my little stand, and then I walk up to it, and it's just a stand. No one's at it. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yo, cure my, my radiation. <laughs> and then I had, like, and I don't like doing this, but, like, I went to the internet, and I was like, okay, how do I freaking staff my uh, medic? <laughs> oh, you got to go into workshop mode, find a person, and assign them to it. Okay, how do I do that? Yeah. And then the other thing is, I'm like, okay, I, there's no people in my town. They're like, no, no, they're there. You just got to find them. Craft a bell. <laughs> and then ring, ring the, the bell. bell. And then eventually everyone will gather where you rang the bell. Like, so again, lots of things I like about the game. Lots of really cool stuff. They don't do a good job explaining it. It does add, a, you know, some hours uh, to the game, depending on how you want to play. Um, at the end of the day, Phenomenal game. I would recommend it to absolutely anyone. Um, but it's, it's four on my list. Uh, excuse me. Uh, it is, I mean, not that we need to throw the comparison out there. Do I think it's better than Fallout 3? No. Do I think it's better than Fallout New Vegas? Yes. Uh, do I think it's better than Skyrim? 
No, but that's just my personal, like, fantasy setting preference versus, you know, post-nuclear uh, uh, preference. Um, but yeah, great, great, great game. There's a billion stories about it out there uh, in the world. No one's going to say, you know, that it's not worth, you know, at least a look. So those are just some of my thoughts on uh, my 30 hours so far. I don't know. Krabby might say it's not worth a look, but... <laughs> yeah, I mean, there there would be people who... Well, no, I think uh, Krabby would say that, you know, if it's your jam, if that type of thing, like, interests you, give it a try. But I, I, I wouldn't say that it's for everyone. Yeah. Is that is that your jam, Krabby? It's not. Every, everyone around me, like I hear about it a lot and talk about it with um, both of my employees and a couple of friends as well. Um, they're all super into it. Like Engineer Mike just finished it, so he's been talking about it again. Nice. Yeah. Um, there's definitely a lot of hype around for it. It's just never been something that's interested me. Yeah. My, my buddy Kaylee, like the few days after it came out, the jerk, um, he... Uh, uh, he texted me. He's like, to this show. Yeah, he's like, oh, he doesn't listen. Um, he's like, uh, hey, I think I still hate Fallout, but less. <laughs> 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 so, like, I guess I, they bought it. So, I guess because like, his uh, his fiance likes it. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just never been for him. We didn't mention weapon mods either, but I just want to say quickly, I love the weapon mods. You know, okay. Let me, here's another thing the game doesn't uh, explain to you. <laughs> yeah, you can remove weapon yeah. mods from weapons before you scrap them. Yeah, instead of it just scrapping just valuable weapon. Now, it at should the be- just do that at the beginning of the game when everything's pretty much crap anyway. It's no big deal. But as you start getting better and better weapons, you're like, you know, it's just not as good as you know what I currently have. Hey, it's got a better sight than what you've got. It's got a better stock than what you've got. Maybe the other parts are crap. So. You can't just remove parts. You have to replace them with other ones, except for like sights and bayonets, I think. So basically, if you don't have any spare parts on you, you have to craft just the crappiest, you know, yep. version of that part attached to the weapon, then scrap it, and now you have the piece that you took off of it. So you're right. That should, like, when you scrap something, it should just come up and be like, is there anything you want to keep off this before you scrap it? And then or it's just like, hey, do you want the mods? Yep. And, uh, yes. I'm not. I'm not being a you know snobby PC guy here, but that's on the PC already. Oh, because we have what's called Steam Workshop. Well, I shouldn't say we have it because I, I own it on Xbox One. But the good news is the mods are coming to the console version. The bad news is they're coming you know pretty late after launch. And that's the problem. I'll be done with the game by the time they show up, which makes me totally, mad. Totally, yeah. So like the people who grab like the game of the year, greatest hits version in a year, they'll have all the best stuff. Yeah, might want to wait. Then you'll get the all the expansions and everything anyway. All right. Krabby, number four? Number four. I'm doing another oldie. Uh, I'll get to some goodies after that. Should no, sorry, hey, no, they're, all, they're all good. It's not what I meant to say. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, we were doing a convention back in October, and it always lands on my birthday, which I hate because I like spending my birthday with nobody. And I have to spend it in a huge room full of people. <laughs> and so I, I set up our, our game section there. And one of the games that I brought to play was Goldeneye on the ah. N64. And I started playing it. And I just totally lost track of time. And I just like blew like a couple hours. Um, my wife handled all the uh, the people for a little while and just let me play because it was my birthday. And she knew I, I just wanted to sit down and ignore people for a bit. And then when I got home after that, I kept playing 
And then the next day I kept playing. And then the next weekend when I had time, I kept playing and I finished the whole game again, double O agent, got all the cheat codes for beating levels in the specific times on the specific difficulties. And it was a total nostalgia blast. And I loved it so much because I remember faking sick to stay home to play that game when I was a kid <laughs> and ch- to try and like beat the control room. And now I know, I still know them like the back of my hand, like even the weird pattern in the Egypt level to not activate the machine guns and stuff. Like I got it on my second try and <laughs> oh, it was, it was really, really fun to relive all of that again. That's, I, I can't, I actually can't imagine you doing anything dishonest. What do you mean dishonest? Like a uh, uh, faking sick. Uh, (laughs) also when you said i like spending my birthday with nobody i thought you were gonna be like yeah bob nobody he's a great guy (laughs) no my ideal birthday is like pizza underwear video game 24 hours oh yeah awesome so 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 let me ask you you uh uh you're talking complete single player Start to finish through. so you can unlock that uh, double O agent mode where afterwards mm-hmm. you can like adjust all of the uh, AI for the enemies and like you have all the cheat codes and that kind of stuff. So, I mean, I've talked about this recently with people where they love this game to death and then they go back to it and it's like, oh, I kind of remember it as not, they, they all remember it. They all think it's as good as they knew it was back then, but they all say, oh, it, I remember it looking better or being smoother. Do you get that at all? No. Well, I, I still play a ton of retro games. So it's yeah. not like I just haven't played anything on the N64 for years, so there's not that huge shock going back. Right. Um, and the newer games that I play are almost never shooters, so I don't miss like having twin sticks or shoulder buttons or any of that kind of stuff. This, just, this was the shooter I spent the most of my entire life on any shooter on. Um, so it still feels very comfortable and natural. And I had no, yeah, no problem going back into it. Like that day when I was sitting there for the two hours, I was trying to do the facility cheat code, which is like the hardest one in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I sent you guys a message on the group chat that day. I was so happy um, <laughs> where you have to beat the facility on double O agent in under like a minute 45 and, or no, two minutes and five seconds, something like that. Um, and there's wow. a lot of randomness because you have to have a doctor with a specific item for you in in your line of path so you don't have to go off the beaten path to get him or you won't have enough time um so you keep playing it you're doing good and then he's not there and you just fail because he's not there uh. um so finally you get it and then someone kills you and you're like oh now i gotta play it like <laughs> 10 more times so he shows up again and so i did it within that that first two hours i was playing and that really got me pumped to like do the rest because i did like the hardest thing in the game already even though i hadn't played it in forever so the rest of it just seemed like a matter of time and i was really enjoying it and then I tried to play Perfect Dark afterwards because I didn't want it to end. I just yeah. don't have that same nostalgia for it. And I just I gave up after like three or four levels. I was like, I'm not having nearly as much fun with this one. You didn't get back to Elvis the Alien? No, like I just got to that <laughs> part of the game and then I was like, I'm I'm out. So it's just pure nostalgia trip. Um yeah, like it was it was exactly that. I get that. I mean, there's a lot of games that I go back and just play on a regular basis that are from back then just because of how they make me feel. Yeah. And they're just fun. You know what I mean? That That's not one, though, like before that, that I would have went like, hey, I really want to play something I remember from my youth. I'm going to grab it off the shelf. That would have been way down the list. Um, but I'm really glad it hit me like it did. It was a ton of fun. 
So what was the inspiration? You're just like, yeah, Goldeneye. Oh no, we were sorry at the at the event we were doing some tournaments, and that was one of the tournaments we were doing a Goldeneye oh, one there. Okay, and so I was just playing it while we were waiting for an event to start. Yeah, that was mostly the way I experienced Goldeneye. Period was just the four player. Um, I never really got through the single player, so uh, I didn't have it. Back in the day, my friend did, so that's it. We just played. We just played multiplayer. Yeah, I never owned it either. My my friend did. And most of the time, we played multiplayer. But then he'd be like, "Oh, I found out like you can have paintballs," or "Oh, I found out you can have no <laughs> radar," and and then we'd have to go on GameFAQs and figure out what the cheat code was, and then try and do them. Um, so we ended up playing a lot of single player to enhance the multiplayer. Yeah, that game did have a lot of options to it. That's for sure. Yeah, um, I still have like when we do the event too. I've got my same. Uh, multiplayer character that I always pick, which is the second scientist. Um, <laughs> it's just like one of those ones with like a face and a question mark on it. Um, <laughs> and I just, I swear she's like thinner than every other character in the whole game, so she's harder to hit. I thought Odd Job was the. He's he's shorter, but she's skinnier. <laughs> oh, I see. That's so, much so, more. That's so, much more important. So the hitbox shrinks with her. I I don't think it actually does. I think that was just my like sixteen year old self thinking it it's did. Psycho- psychologically, yeah. Like, you're, like and even like when you're looking at her, like you know, if you don't think you can hit her, like you probably wouldn't. You pr- there's people who are probably shooting less at her if she's skinnier. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Or you're not. You're gonna try to hit the actual thing you see, not the space around. Right. 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 So. right. Well, I think probably. Wow, I would be shocked if we have listeners that don't know Goldeneye. Um, I mean, but you would say, yeah. "Hey, go, go take it off the shelf again." Yeah, definitely dust it off and, and play a few levels. The first, like, you know how they got them all like listed in a file in order. Yeah, those first five levels are just the best thing ever. They're so fun. Yeah, the dam, right? Just the opening up, just doing the dam. <laughs> yeah, right, right off. That's fantastic. Jumping off at the end after you've yeah uh-huh. downloaded all the computer files. Sweet. Yeah. Bill, you play a lot of uh, Goldeneye back in the day? I did not. Um, it was really big with a lot of people, uh, uh, you know, around me, like in school, like friends, stuff like that. Um, I may have mentioned this before that I kind of uh, throughout, like you know, like uh, uh, teen years, like I kind of went in and out of gaming. Um, like I was in it for a little bit in the 16-bit era, and then I kind of fell out of it um, around like uh, um, the 64-bit stuff, and then I came back to it like in the PlayStation era and you know PS2 and Dreamcast. And then kind of, you know, went between console and PC. So, like, the 64-bit era um, was kind of like a little bit of a dead zone for me, uh, which might explain why I really don't have a whole lot of 64-bit stuff in my collection. Um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, I played a little bit of it here and there. Um, it didn't come very quickly to me. Um, uh, I think at the time I was actually uh, uh, playing, uh, what was I doing? I was starting to get into PC stuff, so I was a lot, a lot of, like, mouse and keyboard-type uh, uh, shooters. Um, but yeah, I mean, my wife loves it. That's one of the only games that she ever like really loved. Um, didn't play, she just played multiplayer like her and her sister. So like, they don't like playing with more people. It like freaks them out. They just like playing two people in a great big empty map, like sneaking around (laughs) and trying to like, you know, get that, uh, you know, that quick shot, uh, in the back of the head. Um, but uh, yeah, I really didn't play very much of it. Well, good. I'm going to imagine that you're going to have a lot of company on, on Goldeneye. Uh, still kind of a beloved game these days. And Dirt Cheap, right? So that's the good oh, news. Yeah. Mm. yeah, I mean, I own it, so I could play some more. There you go. I think you would miss the twin stick stuff. I, I think I would, too. Um, and I know there's different controller configurations, 
Um, what's the default? The analog stick moves your guy around. The C button. The C button strafe you left and right. Oh, the C buttons are strafe. Okay, and yeah. then the analog stick is look, and then the Z and the right bumper are fire. I uh, know the right bumper pulls up your targets, your reticle. Okay. And Z is your uh, shoot. Okay, so it's so it's my right finger is iron sights, and my left finger is shoot. So it's completely opposite of every other game. <laughs> I, <laughs> um, yes, like, I don't know. Like I said, yeah. it felt very normal to me, so I didn't have how, any how, issue how jumping ad- back in. How adjustable are the controls? Uh, I, there are some controller options. I've uh, never played around with them. I had a few friends yes. that used to do back in the day. I like the default. They right. like they would always switch it to like Turok mode and and play like the Turok games. I could never get in a Turok because I could never figure out the controls. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. No. I mean, I'll give I'll give it a I'll give it a serious poke. See if uh, well, that, and that's the thing is every you know modern shooter left triggers iron sights, right triggers fire. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well. Um. Good deal. Good deal. Let's move on. And I'm going to get to my number four. I'm not going to belabor the point here because you could probably just go back to listen to last year's show <laughs> if you want more. Uh, my number four is the original Dark Souls. Nice. Um, which was my number one, I think, from last year. Uh, and, and the reason so, that it's... So the, so the game got worse? No. No, <laughs> I don't think that's it. It's just um, the amount of time I put into games, uh, I still think it's probably still fantastic game. Uh, it's just I put less time into it this year. I still played through it a couple times. Uh, but this year, I was more... There were some other games I put more time into and enjoyed more this year. What I still ridiculously, you know, endorse Dark Souls, of course. I mean, that's not going to change at all. But as, as far as how much enjoyment I got of it this year, not as much because I've I can t- I've probably beaten Dark Souls five or six times now. That's awesome. So, you know, I still it's like a it's like going back to Ninja Gaiden or something on the NES. It's just you want to go back and play it, mm-hmm. but you know, I have invested my time in some other things. So I am not going to spend forever on Dark Souls. Um, you can go back and listen to last year's show if you want to, and there'll be some similar things coming from me that I'll save my time for. So uh, let me just say <laughs> that uh, Dark Souls is still ridiculously fantastic if you've for some reason lived in a hole and not played it. You really owe it to yourself. I don't live in a hole. <laughs> I'm gonna get. I'm gonna it's drag nice you. I'm gonna drag you out of that hole, Bill. Uh, yes. So uh, foreshadowing. I told Chris before we started recording. I fired up uh, Dark Souls on my Xbox 360 uh, this morning, um, partially to make sure that I owned. I was like, I'm pretty sure I got that like in a Games with Gold deal or something. Just never actually started playing it. Um, I do own it on 360 digitally, and I own it on PC as well. So um, I am going to put some time into it this weekend just to kind of like, you know, give myself like a little bit of an intro. Might not stick with it, but I want to at least get it on my radar. So that will be coming up for me this year. Yeah, hopefully I can get with Bill. We're going to try to do a little Dark Souls 101. So that'll be fun. It'll be a lot of fun. All right. So that moves us up to number three. So, Bill, number three. Yeah, number three. Exclusive to the Xbox One. Sunset Overdrive. Nice. Really? Absolutely. Number three. This game is bananas good. <laughs> You've talked a lot about it, so man, oh man. Okay, go and, for it. And sometimes the year kind of gets away from you, and like you know, you look like the thing is like when you played a game like nine or ten months ago, sometimes it feels like forever ago. 
So, like, especially if you played a few things, like, you know, in the recent, uh, uh, you know, recent memory. Um, but I was looking through some, you know, my achievements and stuff to see what I played this year, and I was like, man, I played that entire game in 2015. So, uh, yeah, good for me. This is, uh, uh, this is the time to talk about it. So, um, I, so fair warning. Sunset Overdrive, like many other games, like Darksiders. I'll, I'll just give that one example. Uh, <laughs> Has a very, very underwhelming beginning. Okay. And not only is it underwhelming, it is nothing like what the actual game play is like. Almost all of Sunset Overdrive happens during the day. It's big, it's bright, it's got great music playing, you're doing all sorts of cool, crazy things. The opening happens at night, and it's, so it's not bright, it's not, you know, it's, it's the antithesis of the game, so I have no idea why they open the game this way. Huh. Um, so if you try it, if you try like, the first 20 minutes of it, ignore the first 20 minutes, and as soon as the sun comes out and you start playing, that's the real game. Um, the uh, 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 Darksiders, is, I give that as an example all the time. It's one of my favorite Zelda games of all time. <laughs> it is a ter- It has a terrible opening that is nothing like what the game is like. So like you beat the first like mini-boss of the game, then you see a big cutscene, then they drop you off in the world. That's the start of the game. They should just eliminate that from the uh, from the canon. Um, so anyway, Sunset Overdrive is awesome. Uh, it it's the and the the barrier that it has to get into it is it's not really like anything else you've ever played. So the 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 hard part is figuring out the way the game wants you to play it, and then getting good at that. And some people are really good at that. Um, you know, you watch completion videos, you know, from guys like Krabby on YouTube, and you're like, wow, this guy really <laughs> picks up games pretty quickly. Um, it took me a long time, not just to get good at how, you know, the game wanted me to play it, but to figure out how the game wanted me to play it. Cause like, in most of these games, you know, you're just walking on the ground, jumping, you know, you jump over obstacles, you're platforming, you get in places. This game never wants you on the ground. It doesn't penalize you for it. It doesn't take life away from you, but you are extremely vulnerable when you're on the ground and when you're not moving. So they want you bouncing on things like cars and like parasols and, they want you, like, you know, uh, grinding on, the, you know, any kind of power line or, like, the edge of a building. You can wall run on the side of buildings. You can hang from, you know, things. You can pretty much do anything you need to do to traverse the environment without touching the ground. So it takes a little while to get good at this, but it also takes a little time until the game gives you all the abilities that you need in order to do that. So it kind of has this weird uh, pacing uh, problem in the beginning where it's like, I'd love to never touch the ground, but I don't have any, like, mid-air boost to get me, like, that extra, like, 10 feet that I always seem to need. Like, three or four hours in, you get that boost, and you're like, oh, now I never have to touch the ground. And, like, I still remember, like, I was playing it for, like, three or four days, and I'm like, I don't really know if it's clicking, but I read so many great reviews. I was like, all right, I'm going to stay with it. And I remember, like, the day that it happened that I realized, like, I haven't touched the ground in, like, 28 minutes. And, (laughs) oh, man, it was so cool. And... I mean, everyone knows about Insomniac from, like, the, you know, Jack and Daxter and, like, some of the, uh, uh, you know, the PlayStation exclusive titles uh, that they did, the Ratchet and Clank and stuff. Um, the weapons are really cool and yeah, unique and original. You have guns that, like, uh, uh, shoot records, like a Gatling gun that just, like, shoots records out. You have, like, a gun that shoots, like, big fire, uh, uh, like, dragon fireworks. You have guns that shoot balloons that hold guns that automatically shoot things. Uh, <laughs> You have, uh, oh, so great. Um, and the whole thing about the game is just like big, bright, colorful, over the top. 
And as cool as games like, you know, the Souls games are and Bloodborne and like, you know, Fallout, they're very dark and drab and dingy. And this is just like the complete opposite. Everything's real bright and colorful and, and awesome. Like when you like destroy like huge enemies, they explode in like small nuclear clouds and like there'll be little words inside the clouds like boom, like, you know, the uh, old Batman uh, fight scenes. Um, <laughs> there's collectibles all over the place and they actually matter. Uh, uh, the story is really funny. Voice acting is really, really good. Um, it is so self-aware in such a great way. Like, kind of like how, um, uh, what's it called? A few years ago, we had, uh, Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon. Oh, yeah. It was self-aware in a way that I didn't like. Cause I was like, I want it to be totally unapologetically 80s action movie, not self-aware. Like, I wanted it to think that it was totally okay to be that 80s corny action movie. But it kept making fun of itself at the same time. And I'm like, no, just be that 80s action movie. So this is so silly and over the top. Like, there's like, remember, uh, Krabby, how you were telling about, uh, or maybe both of you, you guys were telling about IDARB? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Every time you score a goal, there's like random movie quotes. <laughs> so yeah. that happens all throughout this game. Like the first time you see like a great big, they call them the OD, which are the overcharged drinkers. The reason these guys were all like zombified and everything is because this company put out an, a brand new energy drink. And it's, it's called over, overcharge. Uh, and it's called, uh, sorry, overcharge. And it's turning everyone into zombies because something bad happened at the overcharge factory. Okay. So you call them the OD, the overcharge drinkers. So the first time you see like a big group of them and you're like bouncing around, like, you know, like the, the building tops and stuff and grinding everything, your character just says, they do move in herds. <laughs> <laughs> and it's full of stuff like that. Like really, like, 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 hey, did he just say, yeah, he totally just said that. Um, oh, there's, there's, the characters are great. Um, there's, uh, you meet this, like, troop of, uh, uh, you know, really smart, uh, students that are always have their face in their phones. So, like, you'll be talking to them and they're just texting each other. And you can see above their heads, like, what they're texting each other. Like, this guy wants me to do something for him. What should I say to him? They're like, I don't know. Tell him you don't know how to do it. And then you're like, oh, I'm sorry. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, so there's, so much humor. It's, it's so impressive. Like, it, like from a technical standpoint, you can talk about, you know, how good the game looks, the draw distance, like the frame rate, all that crap. But like, there's, there's never a time when you're not just having fun, no matter what you're doing. There's, uh, the first base you have is a brewery. Um, and, uh, you're just kind of up. So you can be upgrading your, uh, uh, your, uh, your home base. You can be collecting stuff to improve your stats. Um, there's all sorts of like little perks you can give yourself. So like, if you just want an announcer announcing all the cool stuff you do, you can have that. So like, you'll <laughs> bounce on a guy and he's like, insane. And then you'll like kill eight other guys and he's like, who's your daddy now? <laughs> it's just so like everything you want in just like, if you just want a game that's just big and pretty and just fun and different. There's just nothing else like it. And I had such a blast once, once it clicked. Um, I didn't stop playing it for, for weeks. That, that's one of the games that I have picked up in anticipation of when I get an Xbox One. I am really eager to try it out. And oh, I didn't so, care about so any of Insomniac's other stuff. Like none of it has clicked with me, but that one looks like just what I want. And yeah. there's like one or two more games I'm waiting for to come out and they should come out this year, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, now that we're in 2016, as soon as they come out, I'm going to pick up an Xbox One and Sunset Overdrive is like right at the top of the list to try out right away. Yeah, totally. I, I can't wait to hear uh, your thoughts on it and, and the, you know, the, 
the disclaimer I give to everybody with the game is just what I said at the beginning. Just get get through the first, you know, 20, 30 minutes, ignore it, and then get to the point where you can traverse the environment without touching the ground, and that's where the game starts. Cool. That's it's pretty high up on your list there. Oh, so yeah, it's fantastic. I, really, I remember like, when you were playing it, you kept really talking it up. Oh man, it's one of those games that like you know the games that like when you're not th- when you're not playing them, you're thinking about them. Oh yeah. Oh man, it's it's right up there, and that's kind of how that's one of my barometers for you know game of the year is like you know you don't want to turn it off, and as soon as you turn it off and walk away, you're like driving, your wife's talking to you, you're like, yeah, honey, and you're just thinking. I wonder if I can get the shoe that's up there to touch the guy <laughs> on the side. Um, one of the ones that hit me the hardest like that years ago is Red Dead Redemption. Um, and, uh, oh man, I was thinking about that game all the time. And this is just, you know, same thing. Like, I, I remember Fallout. getting teased at work when I was playing Castlevania Symphony of the Night mm-hmm. because I'd be daydreaming all the time. And then the sales guy would come over and pop. He's like, "What the hell are you doing?" I'm like, "I just got this mist thing, and I'm pretty sure if I backtrack to this part of the castle, I can go through the vents now." And he's like, "What the? That's not even English." That is exactly right. Did and then you can even poison mist yourself, so you can yeah. just mist through guys. It's so great. Not to get off track, but Symphony of the Night was so brilliant in that if you just so knew the codes to do. The different forms. <laughs> you just had them from the beginning of the game. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. So good. <clears throat> good stuff. All Man. right. So, so, yeah, number three, Symphony of the Night. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a good one, too. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. There was a thing, though, with Sunset. Man, like last holiday season, Microsoft was pushing that game hard. Yeah, and the thing is, I think they knew what they had, um, and I think they, you know... That, that was still at a time when, you know, they were thinking, okay, need that console, need that exclusive, need that console. Not only do they have a console exclusive. It was a big deal for Insomniac to go to Xbox, too. Real big. Yeah. I mean, they had had a lot of success. They were never owned by Sony and they didn't have any allegiance to them. They just only ever made games, you know, for them. So, yeah. uh, you know, for someone to kind of pry you away and also like, you know, have a game like that. Um, I think Microsoft knew what they had. Um, I kind of trust Polygon for their reviews most of the time. We, we kind of, me and their reviewers kind of seem to think alike. And they were, uh, what's the word? Um, they were, their review of this game was just glowing. It was, and it was actually, it was right after, it was shortly after Gamergate. Uh, you know, all that stuff broke and like there was all this like animosity between like people and like, you know, uh, uh, game reviewers. And I remember reading this, uh, uh, Justin McElroy's review of it and he was like, you know, it actually, it hit in the time that was like really serious for us. Like I was, I was not having any fun at work. People were like all angry at the entire profession. I was starting to second guess, you know, should I gone, should I have, you know, stuck with newspapers and this and that. And then this game comes out and just reaffirms everything, you know, about why I love games and how they can just, you know, you think you know what they are. And then something like this comes out and just completely goes in another direction and blows you away. He was talking about like how, like, uh, when the game is teaching you like how to play, you're fighting the uh, uh, the UI of the game, like the health bar is up there, and the health <laughs> bar is fighting you, and you have to fight the health bar. So like they know that you know what the health bar is. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. Oh, so great, and like it's not like gimmicky, like it all works. So really, really, really super cool. Can't can't recommend it enough. Uh, just uh, you know, the only only uh, you know caveat is you gotta have that Xbox One. 
and you know not everyone and there has was a, a bundle for it too a sweet white console yeah the white console uh, i didn't end up with the white console i have my day one console but i did get the uh, lunar white uh controller nice um which is very pretty but yeah you're right there was a i think fleech didn't fleech get the sunset bundle i thought he did yeah, yeah. might have i think he's got it let's well, let's see a picture of that uh of that white system Floyd, on uh the next uh thread that we do on the on rf cool yeah. Well, that love, love uh, highly recommended. Take us over, Krabby. Number three. Number three. Um, a newer one. All right. Mario Maker. <laughs> I knew this I had to be on your list somewhere. If this is going to be on here somewhere. <laughs> I yeah. thought number. I thought maybe number one, but go for it. All right, number three. And th- this is one I have not touched the collection or the creation tools at all either. Really? No, I'm just loving playing it, and part of it is because. My son is really into it too. Mm. So like the, the first time we played it, like I was like, he's huge into Minecraft, like every other kid his age, um, to the point where we actually had to ban Minecraft from the house for a month to like he, and he went through like withdrawal for the first week. It was rough. (laughs) (laughs) I'm feeding, I'm feeding dad, I'm feeding. Yeah. And then we, we introduced it again, like more moderate doses and then things were good. Then brought home Mario Maker to see if he would, be into that too because i knew he liked a couple other building games like terraria and uh, stuff like that uh, he got into it right away and i he beat me home from school because my wife would pick him up take him home and then i'd come home from the store a couple hours later and he'd be like hey dad you know, come check out this level i made <laughs> and like really like you know he's up to something just the way he's looking at you and talking Uh-oh. so i'm playing it and walking through everything looks normal and there's a cannon sitting there i'm like all right watch out for this bullet bill and i go to jump onto a bullet bill, but instead of a bullet bill coming out of it, it shoots ghosts. <laughs> and then, oh, crap. I didn't know they could do that. And then I get past the ghost cannon, and there's a Lakitu up top. I'm like, okay, watch out for the Lakitu. Oh, he's throwing Bowser Juniors. <laughs> it, every time I'd come home, he'd have this like new personalized hell for me for like weeks straight. It was so much fun. Um, and then when... Because he's spending more and more time building more complex levels now. And he's playing some of the ones online and getting ideas from them and merging them into other levels. So he's got all these really neat things happening. And some of them, um, like they're not just like get to the end. He'll have the levels where they play a song. Or they'll have the levels where you don't move and it gets you through all these obstacles. Or you'll have these like themed ones. Like he had a Christmas themed one where the whole level you're going through and it's raining clouds on you. Cause it's like simulating snow and all the tubes are shaped like Christmas trees. And, huh. and yeah, he's been really cool to see what he's come up with this. And then when we finish all his levels, we just go online for like half an hour and try some other ones that people have made. And they're really interesting. Like some guy made a super meat boy level where he recreated the few of the first levels in Super Meat Boy with the new Super Mario Bros. mechanic because you can slide off the walls and jump. Right. And so you had to play Super Meat Boy as Mario. <laughs> it was <laughs> awesome. So there is also actually Nintendo-made levels built in, right? Yeah, it's got like a 100 or so like built into it, which we've done a bunch of those already, but we haven't actually spent much time on those ones either. So I'm curious about this. Is there actually, I mean, is it, a is there a traditional Mario buried in there, or is it just a bunch of one-off levels? Just a bunch of one-off. It's definitely not a traditional Mario style game. Okay. Yeah. The, so I mean, the the way you described it is exactly the way Chris described it to me. Is uh, 
I, I picked up a Wii and I was talking to him and he said, you gotta get Mario Maker, dude. Uh, and he said, uh, my kid will just make levels and be like, dad, okay, try and beat this one. <laughs> and like everyone I've talked to who has kids, like that's exactly what they do. Like the kid will try to make the hardest level they can. Yeah. And then and dad the just best beats part it. about that is when you play it locally, he can build whatever he wants. When you upload right. them online, you have to be able to beat them to upload them. He doesn't have to be able to beat this level. So oh, he can make that's things. Interesting. Some, yeah. So sometimes I'm, I have to tell him, I'm like, you can't make this jump. You got to just move this block a little closer here. And he's like, no, no, you got to make that. And so I'll sit there for hours and then I'll just figure out how to like lure a turtle over there or something. It takes like another minute or two than it should to finish the level because I got to get these enemies in place. But then they're, they've all been doable so far in some form, even though they weren't initially how he thought you'd do them. Mm. So he could potentially make unbeatable levels though. No, like people have found this really stupid trick where you can just throw some invisible blocks at the front of the level and then you can know where to jump and avoid the whole level by running over top of it or something. And nobody playing it knows there's an invisible block there. So they have to play this hell of a level that you've made for them, even though you just ran across the top. Oh, that's not good. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, people on the internet will break something if you hand it to them. <laughs> well, speaking of which, I mean, I'm not going to, I mean, I'll let you keep going, but I just read that somebody has made Super Mario Remaker for PC, and yeah, it's supposed to be better than working on it. They have other Nintendo options, one. yeah. Nintendo's been adding a little bit of stuff, like they. They have it set up so you you have to use every single item in the creation tool a minimum amount of times, like five times or something, and then it unlocks another row of items that you can use to make levels. And then once you've unlocked all those, they've done one update where they added like checkpoints and different characters and the ability to go from mushroom to flower instead of just jumping right to flower and stuff like that. Um, so they're still adding more stuff, and they've got like this... Uh, phone app that just came out um, so that you can search online levels better because the search that's built into the game isn't very good. So I was just thinking, though, I was like, so Bill, you don't even need to buy Mario Maker. Just go download this Mario Remaker now before Nintendo takes it down. I know, right? <laughs> I mean, it's uh, uh, it's one of those things that, like, you know, the way everyone describes it to me, I'm like, oh, I would so love that, but I really don't feel like it's the kind of thing that I would just sit on my own and just download rando levels or like make them. I'd really want it to be like you give know, your kid like two, maybe three more years. I know, like with and my it'd kid, be perfect. I know, and then I since I mean I got two of them, so the older one can teach the younger one. Like, no, this is how you make that. Yeah. Now let me play devil's advocate for a minute because <laughs> we've we've got you know listeners that don't have kids. Do you think if you didn't have your son to play this with, it would be as high? Um, not as high. No, it might you can like a top five. Like I've got a couple full grown friends who have been throwing levels at me too. Okay. And, um, like, especially right when it came out, it would have been like, a who can beat this first kind of challenge. And we just pass it off every time someone died. Um, but I don't think it would have had the lasting appeal if I didn't have my kid here making levels and getting super excited about it. And every time we get like a new amiibo, you can put it on the game and you can use that character in the game. So you could make a Samus level or a Mega Man level or a Earthbound level or whatever you want. And so he, he keeps theming things after new Amiibos that keep popping up at home. And he's well supplied at your house, right? He is well supplied. <laughs> <laughs> so some Mega Man levels, you get some Mega Man yeah. in there? Yeah. You can do like random mushrooms too. So you hit the mushroom and it just turns you into one of the Amiibos that you've tapped at some point. 
Ah, okay. All and right. it can you can turn them into like a like a Mario trampoline or like a item block, or they don't always have to be characters too. Now let me ask because when I saw this concept, I'm like, great concept. But immediately the first thing that came to my mind is I don't really care too much for this. I want Mega Man Maker. <laughs> I would be totally up for that too. I don't think Capcom's going to do that for us. I don't think they will, but that is what I want to play. I want to play Mega Man Maker. Maybe uh, if uh, eight bit, eight bit Mighty Number no. 9 Mega does Man. well enough, they'll uh, make a Mighty Number no. 9 Maker and they'll just skin it Mega Man. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, well, I mean, you know, Legacy Collection is doing yeah. pretty well. for my, And the physical's coming out, so, you know. I'm looking forward to it. Gold Mega Man Amiibo with that collector's <laughs> edition. Uh, I don't think I'm going to get that one. It's but, gold, uh, though. Uh, I don't think I'm, I think I'm going to probably go with a, a console version, but uh, yeah. So, uh, Super Mario Maker, anything else or does that feel pretty good about that? I feel pretty good about that, yeah. I think most people know what it is and there's really nothing to it that you don't expect. It's, yeah, it's I, just, I've watched a little bit, but yeah, I'm not, I don't it have It gives you exactly what you want if, if that's the kind of game you want. If you want crazy fan-made Mario levels and the ability to make your own, you're going to love it. I do have to say, though, I think brilliant idea. If Nintendo had made this earlier, I think it could have really changed yeah. the Wii U's fate. Yeah. it. Nothing has come out in the last year that's really shown off the gamepad. They like The first year, they had a few cool things. Then they had some really awesome games coming out, but they were just ignoring the pad completely. Yeah, this is the first one to use it in a long time. Yeah, I think this would have been the killer app if this could have been around at launch. The Wii U would have done fantastically. Yeah, I don't know why it took so long. Like, it doesn't seem like a super challenging idea to program for compared to other stuff they're putting out. Especially when there's been like hack tools on online for this sort of stuff for a while, right? Yeah. I agree. So there's like ROM hack tools and, and things like that. So uh, it's a shame. Uh, you know, I'm sure we'll see Mario Maker 2 or something for, you know, the NX. next NX or whatever. Yeah, I um, think it's been selling well considering how many consoles there is to sell it to. <laughs> yeah, I'm, and I bet they sold a lot of bundles this yeah. holiday season. I think it, could so. easily port it to the 3DS down the road too because you got the touchscreen and makes it easy. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, they've done that really late with things like uh, Xenoblade Chronicles and Hyrule Warriors, so I could see them doing a Mario Maker handheld. Yeah, yeah, very good. All right, uh, my number three. Uh, this will probably come as some shocks to no one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my number three is Demon's Souls. Um, <gasps> I know, shocking, Shocked. isn't it? <laughs> Demon's uh, Souls is above Dark Souls. That is a little shocking to me. Well, again, just because of the, my time investment this year, and again, I've, I've, I love Dark Souls, but I've played the to death. I mean, not that it's a bad game, but I've not played Demon Souls to death. So, um, <laughs> the, the funny wording for that type of game. <laughs> well, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I, I played it to death many times, but you know, uh, yeah, many, many. But um, I had really never gone through demon souls before and i thought well you know i really got to got to fix this i got to go back and and play through this one um to kind of try to f find the root of of all of this and and i've always heard really good things about it and i don't know why it's been sitting on my shelf for a long time 
but I've just, I've been busy with other stuff and I've never, I've never gotten around to it. So, um, I sit down and I really put a lot of time into a uh, demon souls run. And I have to say that what it does again, that magic formula that's in there of the gameplay, it does wonderfully. So, um, the combat, everything that's involved with it, it's solid. It's there. I feel like I, you're at home, right? When you know those controls and you know how those games play, it's like, okay, this is fantastic. I'm right back at home again. There was a little bit of a learning curve because coming from primarily Dark Souls, some mechanics work a little bit differently in Demon Souls. So um, you have the whole, uh, you know, kind of spirit mode that you get into. So you could either be in human form or if you get killed, you kind of go into a uh, kind of a spirit form. Um, and when you're in the spirit form, the big downside is your health is cut in half. Uh, <laughs> so it makes it much harder. And the only way to kind of regain your, your corporal body is you can beat a boss or there's some limited, very limited items that are in the game. Uh, that let you do that. And true to other Souls games, uh, you can only engage in the online aspects if you are in your, your body form, both helping other people, getting help from other people, or attacking other people. Um, and you're kind of guarded from all of those things if you're in your, your spirit form. Uh, and then there's this whole other very complex system that's built on top of that, uh, where you have tendency. So you have like your player tendency, and you have like a world tendency, which can be like light to dark. And I don't know if I ever really grasp deeply how those systems exactly work. I know like some of them, like world tendency would be uh, starts out white, and if you the more you die in that world in your body form, it gets darker. And as the world gets darker, enemies get harder, and also, there's some things that appear that aren't there in the easier version. So you can get things you can't get otherwise. And also, some of the characters within them can turn dark uh, in that case. So it's a very deep mechanic. And there's also like a player tendency, too. You know, kind of your way you're playing it, kind of good, bad, to some degree. Um so are you killing the NPCs or, you know, are you kind of going through and helping things? Um, but again, like most Souls games, that's not a heavy part of that. Uh, it's not the characters themselves. But you have one central hub, which is kind of different, again, from the first Dark Souls. But um, I'll talk more. We'll hear about some other stuff later that'll make more sense. But um, the thing I think that's such a big lasting piece of this is that Demon Souls is a, an old game. I think was, I don't know the exact year. I want to say like 2009 or something like that when it came out. Man. And Atlas, when they put it out, had originally only said they were going to keep the online servers up like for maybe a year or something. Um, but it's been such a popular game to go back to that they've just kept the online servers running. And their kind of thing now is like, we'll just keep them running as long as it's a popular game. Yeah. Um, and and that's a big deal because it still gets a lot of play. Those guys at Atlas are good guys. They're yeah, they're pretty <laughs> good guys, right? Um, 
but again, it's got kind of the same. It's it's not as developed as Dark Souls. There's not as many options. Um, there's basically, if you want magic, there's really just kind of one flavor of magic to use. And then, of course, there's a, a big variety of, of melee weapons or uh, bows or things like that that you can use, ranged weapons. And again, you kind of, you have your base stats and you can kind of build your character the way you want based on how you want to play the game. And um, the worlds are much smaller and they're compartmentalized. So from this main hub called the Nexus, you can venture out into each one of the worlds. And they're, again, they're not huge, um, but they're challenging in their own ways. And eventually they have stages to them. So you have kind of bosses you have to beat to get to the next area in that stage. And eventually there's a main boss in that level that you have to beat to kind of clear that world. And um, once you clear all the worlds, then you're ready for the end of the game. And uh, the overall premise of the story is that there's this great um, evil uh, that's been brought back into the world. Men were looking for magic and, and things, and uh, to do that, they've resurrected this great evil. Um, and it, that great evil basically is consuming, is released these demons, and these demons feed on the souls of men. And that's these demons are what you have to kind of go and, and handle. And it's this darkness that's kind of surrounded the land and... And uh, again, like most uh, Souls games, at the end you kind of have a choice about how you want to take the ending. So, I mean, it's to some degree you have some agency there. And uh, again, you're just like back to that really good, same basic gameplay hooks that are there for all of those Souls uh, or Bloodborne games. That's Again, you can see how it evolved and it got better, but even just Demon Souls, where it's at at that first level of things, is still a really fantastic game to play, and I really enjoyed it. Solid, yeah, pretty high praise Solid for, pick. Uh, for uh, a game of uh, yesteryear. Yeah, um, and not expensive game. If you go find it on no. PS3, uh, it's the only console it came out on, and uh, uh, yeah, they did a greatest hit. So easy to find. I would, I'd highly recommend it. Of everyone that I know, too, I would trust your judgment on any games in this series more than anyone else. Yeah, you know I, them I, way better than anyone else I've talked to. Yeah, I'll probably do another Demon Souls run at some point in time. I did a magic user build on this one, so I'll probably do a melee build at some point in time. But um, I got some other stuff to get to before then. Uh, have you played? Crab, uh, have you played Demon Souls at all? I have. I didn't finish it, um, but I did put in probably about 10 hours. Oh, okay. So you just kind of scratched the surface, maybe got to the first boss or something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did it clean your clock or did you get past it? Uh, no, it it worked me over pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's much more challenging. But a lot of the times, just like the rest of these games, learning the bosses and how to work around them and deal with their attacks is a huge part of the game. And yeah. you get a big satisfaction every time you figure one out. Um, cause they don't take it easy on you, but once you get it, you get it. Yeah. Um, and you can always bring in help if you need to, which is a big, a kind of a big thing, or you can just, I mean, the way I played it, I didn't use any summons or anything else. I just played the game straight myself, um, uh, without any help because that's the way to experience it right offhand. Yeah. All right, Bill, we are at number two. You are at number two. This is going to be a big surprise to everybody. Oh, Okay. <laughs> 
So this is a game that I wasn't expecting to be on my list until just the past couple of weeks. Uh-oh. And the reason it's on my list is because, similar to you going back to Demon's Souls, and it's something you, you know, even though it's a little bit older, it's something that uh, holds up very well. Uh, in this case, this is one that I have played before. I repurchased it this year to play with uh, some people who had never played it before and was surprised to find out how fresh it still feels, um, even with a lot of hours, uh, uh, relatively a lot of hours put into it. Uh, I'm giving the number two spot to Borderlands 2. <laughs> you are a huge Borderlands fan. I got to tell you, like, it's, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, sometimes you get this feeling where, like, you know, like you finish a game and then it goes in the shelf and it's like, all right, I'm done with that game. I played that. And then, like, you move on to the next thing. Um, and, you know, and I get that same feeling with Borderlands. Like, I played it, played it to death. I got a character up in, you know, max level. I can kill everything with one shot. Okay, it's no longer challenging, no longer fun. I don't want to do a second playthrough. I'm done with it. And then it gets announced for, you know, the, the Handsome Collection. And I had never, and I've still not played pre-sequel. Because it doesn't feel, doesn't feel genuine to me somehow. Like, I don't know if that's the right word. Huh. Like, I'm expecting them to give me, like, another Borderlands. And they're like, oh, it's uh, 1.2.5. You know, it's kind of like a, like a sub-story, side-story type thing. Uh, hmm. We, we kind of made it. But these people kind of made it, but like, oh, we'll see. So okay. like, I don't just, something doesn't feel right about it. So I never played it. So then when the Handsome Collection got announced, my future brother-in-law, Mike, had never played the series and he always wanted to. And my father-in-law had never played the series and I knew he would like it. So I got him a copy of Borderlands 1 uh, to play on his backward compatible uh, uh, Xbox One. And he played that to death. He's retired. He maxed the hell out of it. And he actually came, he visited and he's like, hey, how do you, he was like, I never dueled. How do you duel? I'm like, oh, well, you just, you know, hit, hit a guy and you can duel. So he's like, all right, I need you to stand there and I need to win a hundred duels. <laughs> I'm like, why? Achievements. I'm like, why? That's not fun. He's an, <laughs> he's an achievement guy. And I'm like, why? And he's like, oh, because there's an achievement for it. And I was like, yeah, but that's not fun. Yeah, he's no, like, that's he's, like, he's like, yeah, but there's an achievement. And I was like, oh. this is the reason I'm not in the achievements anymore. So I said, listen. You've obviously done everything you could possibly do in this game. Let's let's go to two. He's like, well, I'm gonna get it for like Black Friday or whatever. Like, so he just kept playing one, like until like like, oh, you're really beating this dead horse. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so now he's got two, and the deal was we were supposed to play together. So we played together like a little bit. He played when he was up here, and then you know we go home, and he calls me. He's like, yeah, I'm like level twenty seven, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> Let me catch up. How am I gonna play with you? <laughs> so, and the thing like we've said before, like he's not bad at video games. He just he plays at his own pace, and he tends to like you know he's not what you call like uh you know he he probably wouldn't hold his own with like anyone who was like semi competitive with uh you know first person shooters, um which is fine. He's able to get through you know Far Cry Four and you know Fallout and all that stuff. Skyrim he loves, but. uh so he, he texted me a few weeks ago. He's like, Hey, can you help me? I'm fighting, I'm fighting Jack. Can you help me? Which is like one of the last, depending on where you're on the game, it's like one of the big bosses in the game. And I'm like, what level are you? It's like 37. I'm like, okay, I'm level 16. <laughs> what possible help do you think I'm going to be in this game? So basically I spent right. the, like I said before, I haven't found time to play Fallout lately because I don't play Fallout in 30 minute spurts. I play, you know, when I have more time. So. If I have like 
five minutes to play something, it's usually okay. Like I'll flip on Borderlands, you know, I'll like, you know, complete like one little side quest and then done. Like, you know, you can make progress that way. And something that really just really came back to me very quickly was Borderlands 2. I mean, granted, it's the, it's the handsome collection. So it's got like all the content and everything included with it is absolutely enormous. Um, we talk, you know, you say that with Fallout 4, like how much content there is. There's a ton of content in Borderlands 2 already. Now, I haven't even got to the DLC stuff yet. The DLC is all very good. It's all very big. It's all very, very funny. And it's full of all these little side quests that like just don't feel like tacked on. Like, they feel like somehow meaningful. Uh, I'm in the middle of this, like the clan war between the Zaffords and the Hodunks, um, which should be really <laughs> offensive, but like it's not somehow because it's Borderlands. And at first, I'm with the Zaffords, because it's like, oh, Irish, and I'm Irish, and I'm going to help them out. And they got these, you know, uh, the stereotypical uh, accent. But then I go to the Hodunks. Now the Hodunks want me to work for them. But the best part is you can't understand the leader of the Hodunks, because he's just talking like, <laughs> and he's playing his banjo uh, while he says that. So Of course. Everything, you got a pretty mouth. Oh, man. everything, And, and he's got no mouth, just his, like, his, like, really finely done mustache just shakes a little bit <laughs> when he talks. Uh, and I mean, besides like, you know, the theme, the art style, um, the voice acting, the story, the billion guns. I mean, we've all kind of heard it before, but like, it's really kind of astounding how great everything all really fits together and how well it holds up. Like I never go back and play enormous games again, as much as I love Skyrim, like, it, like Fallout 4 is cool, but it's kind of affirmed my belief that Skyrim's probably my favorite game of all time. As much as I love Skyrim, I don't think I would ever just go back and start a, you know, level one character in it. Like, I don't have any interest in playing that same experience again. I like the experience I had. Um, with Borderlands, I thought the same thing. And then I started a new playthrough and I'm like, oh my God, it's so cool still. So, um, not to, you know, like you said, like not to belabor, you know, too much with an old game. Um, I was very, very surprised how much I enjoyed going back to Borderlands 2, especially since Borderlands 1, when I went back to show my father-in-law, I wasn't actually, like, I remembered what I liked about it. I'm like, oh, I mean, it's it's a little bit rough around the edges. There's, like, a few things that they could have tweaked or changed. All of those things that were, you know, you know, could have been tweaked in 1 were tweaked in 2. Um, Really, really solid. I mean, again... No one's not heard of Borderlands 2, but very surprised on uh, uh, how quickly I fell back into it and how easy it is to jump in for five or ten minutes if you need to play like that. You know, I I played and beat Borderlands 1 and the DLC, mm-hmm. and I played Borderlands 2, but I got to this point, and I got pretty far in the game where I just kind of petered out, mm-hmm. and I just stopped. And I don't know why. I just – I don't know why. Um yeah. But I guess it just kind of lost it for me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, that's definitely happened to me in games that I really enjoyed, and I'm still trying to figure, like... I've, I can't I've, tell you why. I, know, I don't know. I've, I've had those conversations with people where I'm like, oh, yeah, I started that game, I got 38 hours into it, and I don't know what happened, but I did not play it <laughs> again. Yeah. And I, my, my theory for a long time was like... And then when I go back and really look at what happened, I'm like, Oh, this other game came out and I really wanted it, you know? So it's almost always another game, uh, comes into the mix. So, you know, one of my, uh, my big things now is 
if I start a game that I really like, as tempting as that shiny new game might be, gotta finish that old jam first. So I'm trying to be real careful about what I start. But uh, it's it, the other thing about it is I'm having an okay time with it playing it by myself. Um, I've also played it with, you know, I played Borderlands 1 with the same four people all the way through. Not only is it night and day different with more people, it's a way better game with, with more people. So on the on Borderlands 2, the last time I played through it, since I could never get my group of people on at the same time that I was on, I just opened my game up to random people. And sometimes it takes like a couple of, you know, people dropping in and out before you get like a really good, uh, uh, you know, group of people going. Um, but once you do, it's like, oh, everything just clicks. Every, everyone just knows what they're doing. You got different classes. Everyone's start, like, you know, dropping their, you know, different class skills and mods and stuff. It's, it's just so cool and, oh, so great. I think that's probably why I had so much trouble because I did play online with friends in one and two, I didn't. Yeah. It's, uh, you can get by in one by yourself. Um, it's a little difficult. It's, and, even have a, even if you die as much as you do, you know, like your first time through, if you have another person, you just respawn, you know, like your other dude is, is still in the fight. When you're alone and you die, like, let's say you whittle the boss down to like 10% life and you die. When you go back to him, he's got full life. Yeah. So you've got, like, that's a real big, uh, you know, deterrent to playing by yourself. But, um, I mean, I'm not trying to, you know, force anyone to play with no, me. No, no, no. The game is like $20 <laughs> uh, right now for, uh, you know, the whole collection, which is, I mean, honestly, for, for Borderlands 2 and pre-sequel with all of the downloadable content for 20 bucks, I mean, that's, that's kind of unreal. Now, did the, on these collections, this remastered bit, did they up the graphics and everything? I mean, does it look so, newer right. than like the 360 version or is it just the 360 version? So here's the thing. So back in the day, you had the 316 PS3 versions that were virtually identical. Uh -huh. And then you had the PC version, which used the power of the PC. So it had better lighting <laughs> effects, had a higher frame rate, like blah, 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 all the standard Master like, race. PC yeah, we get stuff. It. Exactly. Um, so basically, the PS4 and Xbox One version of the Handsome Collection is essentially the PC version. Um, okay. So it it looks like, to me, it looks the same as the PC version looked, only it's on the big TV, and it's nice, and it's on the Xbox, and everything's perfect. Um, to a to someone who played it on the 360 or the PS3, it looks markedly better. Okay. okay. The, 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 biggest, the biggest difference is the frame rate um, and the lighting. You, you wouldn't believe, like, it's uh, so the lighting effects in the game are fantastic. Cool, cool. They are Shin Krabby... Megami Tensei style lighting. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, Krabby, have you played any Borderlands at all? Yeah, I've played uh, about three or four hours of. I think it was the second one. Okay, I yeah. could be wrong on that. My brother was really into it, and he wanted to do co-op game, so he brought it over, and we played it for a few. He come over like once a week for like three weeks. We played it. I didn't understand why it was fun, <laughs> and, yeah. and we we moved on to other games. He loved it, and he plays with his friends all the time. I can see this why this would not speak to you, totally. knowing knowing your tastes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, me, me and Krabby have talked about this. I forget what game it was that was coming out, and I was like, I think it might have been Destiny back when I was into it for a minute. <laughs> and I was like, yep. oh my god, this is amazing. This is like Borderlands and Halo Like had a kid. And Krabby was like, that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely different taste, but I mean that's the good part, right? That's why this is not a monotone show. Absolutely. We're all picking the same stupid games. Yeah, I, I do kind of like that. Uh, I mean, as much as we as human beings kind of like 
to live in an echo chamber a little bit. I love this thing. Validate me. Yes, you should love that thing. It's also awesome. I love it. Like at the same time, it's just not realistic that everyone like feels that way about every game. Yeah. No, yeah, like, and the only reason I went as long as I did in that was because of the social aspect. I was hanging out with my brother. We were obviously talking with each other, playing on the same couch, like while we were playing. Uh, which we he actually moved out of town a few months ago, so I'm not gonna have that very often anymore. Oh uh, yeah. The the loot is shared, so that's fun. <laughs> See, you don't have to find it. I'm so inexperienced at those kind of games. I would, I would let him get everything and just say, like, you dole it out how you see fit. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's. I mean, I would imagine most who have played Borderlands would know, but for the people who haven't, what's really cool about uh, uh, this uh, Borderlands, especially, a lot of loot-based games, whether it be RPG, shooter, whatever, you know, if an enemy drops, you know, ten bucks or ammo or you know anything like that, the person that picks it up gets it. So you could have the player that's, like, gung-ho, killing everything, like, picking up all the money, picking up all the ammo, and then have all the other players, like, okay, like, you know, what am I, chopped liver type of deal. So No, they the run in and grab it as soon as he kills it. They did nothing, and they get all the loot. Yep. So <laughs> all the money in the game is shared. So I pick up 10 bucks, everyone in the game with me also gets 10 bucks. I pick up 100, everybody gets 100. So that's awesome. Um, the... Uh, 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 the, the weapons in the game, that's the thing you got to fight for. So if you see an enemy, like, drop a weapon, that's the, the joke in the game, is, like, you'll be in the middle of this big, massive fight, and everyone's dying, and you're picking your friend up, and then, like, you know, one of the tentacles of the boss falls, and you see, like, a pearlescent weapon drop, and everybody's like, ooh! <laughs> just runs <laughs> that's over. A mad dash. Everybody dies. <laughs> Nobody gets the weapon. Um, so, the, the you know, it's one of those things, like, before a boss, you're like, okay, everybody, bro fist. No one's going after weapons until it's over, right? So that, that's why it kind of pays to play with people that you know. Um, but yeah, Iridium, which is the special uh, currency that uh, gets you upgrades in the game, is shared. Money is shared. Um, I can't exactly remember if ammo is. I don't think ammo is shared. Um, but yeah, it's a uh, oh man, great, great game. If anyone has them, I actually own it on Xbox One and PC. Um, I'm kind of working on my Xbox, and you, uh, the the downside is. If you were playing on 360 and you purchased the Xbox One version, you can continue your progress, uh, you know, on the new console. You can't switch between platforms. That includes PC to console. So, um, I was not able to take my, like, you know, 80 plus hours worth of progress in Borderlands 2 and bring it to the home. But the cool thing is, if I was able to do that, I probably wouldn't have been having as much fun, you know, playing through it again now. I probably just would have been at the same place I was when I stopped playing on PC and been like, all right. I mean, you know, I already knew what this was, and now I guess I can just play the new game. So, yeah, no, it's I've been getting a lot of fun out of the same games. Um, so uh, there's a lot to be said for that. If they have that replayability built in, I mean, it's huge. Totes. Yeah. I mean, um, it's uh, the way I. I don't know if you guys organize your games in a certain way. Um, in my my Steam library, I I create a a tag for completed games, and it used to be the games that I just ignore. So I'm like, okay, I've already completed those. But now I kind of go back to that, you know, group, and I'm like, oh, man, Bastion is so freaking great. Let me just play that again for a half hour. You know, I'm like, maybe that's why I'm not playing as many newer games, because I really do go back and just play tiny snips of games that I used to really love. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing. It's a hobby. It should be fun, yeah. right? It yeah. shouldn't be a chore. Um, okay, Krabby, number two. My number two is Shovel Knight. <laughs> I was so hoping that this would be on your list. I'm a little uh, shocked it's not number one, but let's hear it. 
way back when shortly after it first came out, um, my same buddy that I've been playing through Nocturne with, um, we used to play the, actually the first time I ever went to his house, we played Mega Man three and bonded instantly bros for life after that. Um, and then we decided to go through all the Mega Man games and all the X games. And one of his other friends would pop in from time to time and he was decent at Mega Man. He joined us and we had a good time and we, we all knew the games well enough that we would compete and we'd like purposely lose lives so that when we gave the controller over after we beat the level that guy would only have one life and he'd have to do it or he'd have to pass the controller or we'd use all the e-tanks so he couldn't have them or be jerks to each other and have a good time and so we'd done all the Mega Man stuff and we're sitting there looking through the uh, online store because he wanted to download something new to play and we're like yeah let's try Shovel Knight we've heard it's it's good and it's kind of retro and we we're supposed to be done at like 10 o'clock that night and none of us wanted to leave and everyone had to work at like eight the next morning and we left his place at like three or four a.m. because we <laughs> could not leave until we finished it. Wow. So we finished it in one sitting. Wow. Had the best time and then he had it on his system so I didn't have a way to play it at home anymore. But then the physical copies just came out not too long ago. So I grabbed two, one to keep sealed and one to play and it's instantly loving it again and my kid started watching me play it and he wanted to join in so he started playing and he was doing really good so we've been passing the controller back and forth and we finished shovel knight and on the physical one you get the dlc too so then we started playing plague knight which was amazing i like it at first glance i just thought it was a reskin of the game where you play as one of the bosses but they've totally changed the mechanics of the game um they've Change the level design a little bit, but they're basically the same levels. Um, but the way Plague Knight works is you can switch the type of bomb you throw, the fuse you throw, and the type of explosion it does. So as you go through the game and you're buying new weapons through all this money you find to use for research for new bombs, you can have like dozens of different combinations of weapon that you can use for this game. Hmm. Um, so we've been playing through that again, and we beat that. And then even after that was done, there's all these like in-game achievements you can do for beating it in a certain amount of time, beating it with certain weapons. Uh, they've got challenges and stuff. So I didn't realize it because it's it's a relatively short game. But I was looking at my total time between the like six different files I've got going now. I've yeah. put like 40 hours into <laughs> Shovel Knight just at home, trying to do all these achievements and playing through it. And now my son started his own file and he started playing them when I'm not there. And we're comparing like uh, strategies on certain challenges and stuff, and it's oh, it's so good. And the first time we played it with the three of us, that are all at least thirty, and all grew up on these old Nintendo games, um, we'd be playing it, and and we'd just stop and like pause it and be like, oh, that was so Mega Man, and then <laughs> we'd play another twenty minutes, and oh, that was so Ducktales. Oh, that was so Castlevania. Like, oh, there's the Ninja Gaiden. And like, you could just see all the influences while you were playing it from these old games that we loved. And it was so fun to share that with other people that knew what the references were. Wow. So, what are you, I'm curious, what, what platform are you playing this on? Uh, Wii U. Okay. So, there's achievements even in the Wii U version? Yep. There is, and. There's a Shovel Knight amiibo announced for the Wii U version. <laughs> of course there is. Why wouldn't there be? <laughs> they want your money. They will have it. <laughs> I've not played because I want to get the physical version and super cheap. I'm gonna get it. I mean, don't get me wrong. Um, 
but it's just this is the stuff I've got to play right now. So yeah, I, I don't need the physical version. I actually really, really want to play this. I was hoping that this the Steam uh, holiday sale would have this game at a lower price. Um, it 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 didn't knock very much off it. It's it is worth whatever price they're asking. I don't even know what they have it for. <laughs> they're asking ten dollars. That is ten whole dollars. That's a deal. I know. Steal. I know. But the thing is, when you're looking at Steam sales. If it's not like seventy five or eighty percent off, you're like, oh, they're gonna have a sale like next week. It's gonna be eighty percent off, but, but that's the, a whole other week of not playing Shovel Knight. <laughs> that is true, but he could be playing Dark Souls. So yeah, that's the thing. Like, there's, there's, if there was a shortage of games to play, here's the ten bucks. But like, yeah, what, what I, if I were to pay the ten bucks and then not play it for four months and then be like, ah, oh, well, that was a waste. So yeah, I, I, I really, really want to play it. And the thing is. I feel like it's going to frustrate me because I'm not as good at the Mega Man games uh, no, as it, I would like to be. It's not challenging to be challenging. Like okay. there's, it's very doable, and they give you these relics, um, which are basically like your Mega Man power ups. Mm-hmm. Um, and really early on, you get one called uh, Phasing Locket, and it literally makes you like ethereal, like invisible, and you can walk on spikes and you walk through bad guys. And you get it so early in the game, you can abuse it to get past all sorts of tricky parts in the game. Um, but it's got like a like a Super Mario three overworld map, okay. and it saves whenever you beat a level. So it's one of those games where you're like I got ten minutes, I'll try and beat these little levels because the levels, if you run right through them, maybe like two three minutes long. Mm. Um, they're not long levels, um, and as soon as you beat one, it auto saves, and then you can start from exactly where you left last time, kind of thing. Nice. So difficulty wise, what would you compare it to? I would compare it to probably Mega Man Two, the easiest okay. Mega Man. Yeah, I mean, I've I've completed one, two. I, I know I completed one and two. I don't think I ever actually uh, finished three on my own. I did it kind of like uh, remember when we all did Mega Man Two like yeah, in a group. Yeah, that was awesome. I've done three mm-hmm. in a group like that, but never all the way through by myself. But yeah, yeah so it's not that hard either. It's not that hard. No, no, yeah, and I beat four, and I never played. <laughs> One's five or much six. harder. Than yeah, cool. they, like they they pay homage to all these old games, but they don't have like some of the just unforgiving parts, just because of how they were designed, like the reoccurring like birds in Ninja Gaiden, or like how hard the last boss in Castlevania was. There's no real sticking point like that. They've smoothed it all out, so that's all you know, challenging the first time you encounter something and then you figured out pretty quickly how to get past it. Okay. So what is it like $30 or something like that? Yeah. The retail one's 30 bucks. I think twenty nine ninety nine. Yeah. I mean, gosh, that's, you know, that's so cheap. Let me just open up my steam wish list. Let's say, uh, what the regular, uh, digital uh, price is. It is normally fourteen ninety nine for the digital version. I'm assuming it's probably similar on the consoles. Yeah, I think when we bought it way back, it was like, yeah, I don't think it was nineteen ninety nine. I think it was fourteen ninety nine back then, even. But hey, worth spending the extra few bucks and yeah. getting a copy, right? It's I would pay full retail for it. It's well, and and the so DLC good. you said right, so you get the DLC with the with the retail, retail one, package. Yep, you do. So you'd have to buy that separately. Yeah, no, uh, downloadable. It's also fifteen bucks, and it's on sale right now. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of sales going on everywhere. It's it's ten bucks on Xbox One uh, as well right now. There you go. Right, if you don't mind digital, get yourself a cheap copy for sure. Um, 
Yeah, I, I definitely want to sink time into this one. I, the appealing part to me is that it doesn't sound like it's crazy long if you just no. want to play it. The, the, there's an achievement for like speed running it. Um, and it's an hour and 30 minutes and it's not overly tasking uh, to do. Yeah. So I think that's, hopefully I'll find a spot to slot that into. I'd nicely. say your first, first playthrough, like experiencing everything fresh with no walkthrough or anything, like you still beat the game in five to six hours. Oh yeah. Okay. So we're definitely talking NES talking length NES and style. Length, yeah, absolutely. Okay. okay. Yeah, that's very appealing. I know that's definitely on my get list for 2016. Um, oh yeah, but I've just I've gotten to that part where I'm like, for these newer games, I don't want to buy them until I'm ready to play them. Yeah. So I, I will get it. I'm just not sure. I'm just trying to think in my head what platform I want to get it for. I, I think I'm pretty sure it came out for almost everything. Like it there's did. 3ds, I, Wii U, Xbox One, PS4. I'm thinking probably Xbox, just because I like the controller best. But uh, that's that's the wrong answer. But <laughs> <laughs> well, is there any Wii U tablet functionality added? Uh, I don't know. I've always used the Pro Controller. Okay, I'm just saying probably not, right? I don't know. You might be able to switch your relics or something. My son plays on there. I haven't really paid attention to what's on the tablet. Okay. All right. Well, um, good I need deal. that awesome D-pad on the Pro Controller. So um, good. I think that the Xbox One D-pad is pretty good. I, like I haven't it. put much time into it. I, I can't comment on that one. I will say the the D-pad on my new controller is better than the D-pad on the original. I really want one of those pro, those Elite oh, controllers. <laughs> have you so have, expensive? Have you held it? Uh, no, man. but everyone is just telling me like I went to, you got to uh, get this. I went to my local Microsoft store, and a guy I used to manage at Best Buy he worked there, and I was like. You don't happen to have one of those like put my hands on, do you? He's like, yeah, we do. So he went under the counter, he opened it up, and he just put it in my hands. And I just looked at my wife, who was with me, and it was that look like I wasn't expecting to be. (laughs) (laughs) Just the just the feel of it, without even like kind of like starting. Then you start to touch things, and you're like, you know what? Yeah, it's really expensive, and they put every dollar of that into this control. It feels like nothing I've ever felt before. I don't know if I'll ever own one. It really is expensive. It is expensive. It feels ridiculous in your hand. Like, just the the feel of it. But when you think about how many hours you use a device like that... Yeah, that sounds like my mattress salesman. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, yeah, three grand's a lot for a bed. And he's like, you know, it's the thing that you buy in your life that you're going to use the most. I was like, oh. <laughs> you got me. Yep. <laughs> um, so he's like, here's oh, the my thing. back does always hurt. <laughs> do you know what Microsoft could do to sell me one instantly? Just but, promise. But you use your big points. Yeah. <laughs> well, there, there you go. Just, just promise me that I could use it on the next console. Yeah. I mean, that, that'd be a cool thing. Um, you know, I don't even know if they know that. They could, they control that. They could do that. I yeah. mean, they could. I don't know if they want to hand, you know, like uh, tie their own hands. Like I, I, I'm with you. Like I, I see where you're going with this. Yeah, if I know it's a ten year controller, right? Easy, right? Yeah. You know, Easy. And, and and the thing is, I said to I said to Will, the, the guy who is working there, I was like, you know what? I was like, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be that complainer. But 150 bucks, and I don't get a rechargeable battery. Because <laughs> it comes with double A's, and he's like, "Yeah, you are being that guy right now." And like, you know, same thing. He did the salesman thing again. He's like, "You know, do you want 
them to put all that money into the controller, or did you want them to put like 130 of it into the controller and the last 20 be a battery? I'm like, no, no, I got you. I mean, I, I have batteries, so it's not, uh, not the end of the world, but I'm going to be the guy that says, I personally, I've got a PlayStation 4, I've got a PlayStation 3. I love having batteries mm-hmm. rather than a rechargeable controller because when my PS3, PS4 controller is low, guess what? I'm done playing. Right. When my uh, 360 yeah. or Xbox One controller, I just pop a couple out of the recharger, swap them out, I keep playing. Yeah, I'm dealing with that right now because I haven't played 360 in forever. So now that I'm firing it back up to play Dark Souls or actually like to play my Steam Link because it's compatible with the old 360 controllers, I'm finding none of my rechargeable 360 controller batteries can hold a charge anymore. So yeah, now, they've got like a two to three year like shelf uh, life typically. Man, no, and the thing is, I'm dumb. And I threw out the uh, little AA battery pack thingies. Oh. So I was like, I'm never going to need those. Yeah, yeah. We are. order like three dozen of them a month at the store because people always do the same thing. Yeah. Uh, so I, yeah, I, I, I just actually, use rechargeable energizers, and those things last forever. Yeah, my wife's been buying the uh, Amazon uh, rechargeable batteries every time we need new batteries because they come charged. Yeah. Um, and then when they die, we don't have a charger yet, but she's like, well, We'll get a whole bunch, you know, we'll get a bunch of batteries and then, like, we'll get a charger eventually and then we'll just recharge them. So I think that's the direction we're going to go to. I mean, I've had some of these Energizer rechargeables years (laughs) and they keep recharging. We have a Costco right across the street from the store. So we just buy huge packs of like 50 (laughs) batteries at once and they're so cheap that we just buy the disposable ones. Yeah. Yeah. I, but seriously, PlayStation, stop putting built-in battery packs in your controllers stop it i've started uh, i've got more like this i only ever needed two playstation controllers i don't need more than that but we have three so that i can always have two plugged in so uh, that as soon as i come and play the one that's sitting on the table i plug it in don't even try it to see what's on it and i charge i use one of the other ones that's been there for the last like two days kind of thing yeah that's that's okay that i'm being that guy but anyway <laughs> Ah, all right. Um, getting back to our, right, so is it me now, for me now? That's for you, number two? number two, Chris, yeah. Okay, number two. Um, number two for me is going to be Bloodborne. Three soul games in a row. Wow. <laughs> it's going to be Bloodborne. Yeah. Tell us how you really feel about the series. <laughs> uh, I'm really going to tell you that this is, this almost was a clean sweep sort of list, but anyway, we'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. Um, I I know what number one is now. <laughs> uh, you probably do. Um, you can probably guess what number five was almost. Um, but anyway, Bloodborne. Was it Dark Souls on a different platform? <laughs> no, but it's ish. We'll just say that. We'll get to my honorable mentions. The Bloodborne, the only reason I bought a PlayStation 4 and the only game I own for PlayStation 4 uh Bloodborne takes everything that was Dark Souls and speeds it up. Um, Where Dark Souls is a very um, methodical game, and not in a bad way, but it's a thinking game. You have to really kind of have an idea of what you're doing. Uh, It's one of those games where if you charge in, like, you're dead. Just forget about it. I mean, I don't care if it's like these starting enemies. You're dead. Just forget it. Um, but Bloodborne takes the formula and says, this is what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to make it where if you take damage, uh, 
but you inflict damage quickly enough on your enemy, you'll regain the health you've lost. Um, so what happens is when you take damage, part of your bar um, stays like red. And when you hit any other enemy while it's in that state, you will gain back some life. Potentially back all of your life that you just lost. So it really encourages you to get into the fray and just keep fighting um, and not to be defensive, which um, Dark Souls is can be, it doesn't have to be, but can be a very defensive game because it does reward you for really kind of being careful and thinking your way through the game. Um, and where Bloodborne is a little bit more of that get in there and mix it up and go for it. Uh, and the systems they've put together there, I mean, you don't use a shield. I like dark souls. You don't have to use shields, but it's a defending is a big key. And, and demons, I mean, in bloodborne, they give you a shield almost as a joke. It's an item that you get pretty <laughs> early in the game, but it's like this piece of crap, wooden shield that it's basically a joke, like saying you, you don't want to use this. Um, but, that's it. Through that regain system, they've taken and turned it kind of on its head to make it very offensive. Um, and so that's it. Whereas with Dark Souls, when you're in trouble, you want to back up and get to a place of safety and kind of recoup you and rebuild and, and go back at it again. Bloodborne is like, no, go, go, go. Just, you know, you can do it. You can get them. And it also creates a lot of those situations where in Dark Souls <laughs> or any of these games, you get that your those enemies down where they're just about to die, but you're afraid. Like, man, if I if I don't get them, it's gonna be me or him. We're both down to the wire, <laughs> and you know, there's so many of those situations where, you're like, do I go for it? Or, and this gives you another reason just to go for it, right? Because you can get some health back, and maybe that sets you up as you're going on or maybe i should jump into that fray of enemies because they're weak but by hitting a bunch of them i can get a lot of my health back that i just lost it also really kind of changes things up i think differently i I don't know if i would say good bad but whereas the souls games are known for this huge variety of magic and weapons that you can choose from which gives it to me a, a gigantic amount of replayability Bloodborne's like, no, we're really going to distill it down um, to less weapons that have a lot more versatility to them. Um, And so you don't find as many and you don't have as many options to check them out, but they each have their own kind of niche where they fit and they have a lot of versatility to them. So you tend to find one or two that really fit the way you like to play and you kind of stick with them. Um, I'm going to guess that this might be in somebody else's list, so I'm not going to spend forever. Uh, am I Am I maybe on the right trail, Krabby? Possibly. Okay. So I'm not going to spend forever about this because I think no, we're going to talk No, please about do. It. Like, I, I don't want to talk about the gameplay, so elaborate as much okay. as you want on, okay. on that aspect of the game. Because to me, that's what these games are all about, and that's what draws me in is because the gameplay is so ridiculously solid. And it's so well built, and the scenarios that it puts you in are so well thought out. Um, there's, I don't think there's probably any encounters in the in these games at all that are just kind of like, eh, throw some guys in there, let them fight. 
everything is so thought out and planned. If there's an enemy there, it's either there to to get you to look in that direction or think about what's going on over there or to challenge you in a certain way. And the games do a great job of like, where do you go? Well, we're going to put maybe a hint of something over here, or there's an enemy over there. They don't have to put some big sign or line that says, go here, dummy. There's a, (laughs) you see a bad guy over there. Oh, let me go over there and get him. And it leads you, or there's an item over there. And it naturally takes you through the levels and how they're designed. And that's the thing too, about these dark souls, demon souls, bloodborne. These levels are so intertwined. Um, and again, stop me if you want to talk about any of this stuff later, Krabby, but you spend so much time weaving your way through all of these environments and finding little shortcuts and ways back around. And you'll come back to some other thing later, like, oh my God, this leads me back to where I was over here. <laughs> and you just have so many of those moments where you're like, oh my God. And they're just always like, they do a fantastic job of like sense of discovery. You just always feel like you're like the light bulbs are going off and there's like, ah, uh, and that's why I think these things do so well. But again, the, the game mechanics themselves are very similar to dark souls, but again, sped up. Whereas in dark souls, you parry, you can parry with your shield. Um, there's a lot of risk in doing that in dark souls, because if you do it wrong, you're going to take some damage. You do it right, big payoff. And in Bloodborne, they say, all right, we still want to have something like that, but they amp up the reward a little bit more. So instead of using shields, you have <clears throat> guns or projectile weapons. And many of those can be used to counter uh, enemy attack. So like with the gun you start out with, if you shoot them at the right time in their attack, it stuns them and you can go up and do this visceral attack that does a ton of damage to the enemy. So learning how to counter with your weapon is a huge part of doing well in the game. I, and I finished the game without countering once. I can't believe it. I did not I can't know you could do that. that until you just mentioned it. <laughs> I cannot believe that. Then you need to go back and play it again. I've never like countered either. Um, I believe that (laughs) but it's so satisfying when you do that because it makes a special sound the enemy gets stunned and you go up for this very special attack that does like crazy damage it's kind of like when you hit someone in the back on Dark Souls and you do like this special animation yes or you can do the backstab stun in Bloodborne too but you have to do it (laughs) in Bloodborne you can charge your attacks so if you do a charge attack behind an enemy, it also stuns them and allows you to go up and do this special visceral attack that does a ton of damage. So that's also a big key to it. And so some weapons have wide ranges with them, so they're easier to charge up and get a big swing to hit them around the back, stun them, and do this big damage attack. Now, all the projectiles do that. Some of them are more traditional, like, gun sort of things that you just want to use. And you can use your gun like that, too. But the guns are not terribly powerful, and most of them aren't. And they're not meant to really be used that way. Um, in many cases, they're meant used to be more of like a counter weapon. And the way they handle magic in this game is a lot different as well. There's no, like, special magic meter. Your bullets and magic all operate off of these uh your bullets that you have, and you can only have so many. Um, 
and you can get them from enemies, so you have to kind of be careful about how you use them so you don't burn them out. But you can also use some of your health to get blood bullets. You can make bullets by sacrificing health. Which, again, though, when you sacrifice that health, you have that bar where, again, if you hit enemies quickly, you can recharge that health again. So uh, if you're in a spot, you can do that. You can quickly make some blood bullets, quickly do some damage to a bad guy, get that health right back, now plus you have the bullets. And then you can spend them however you want, magic or your weapon uh, or a combination. You can switch between the things however you want. Um, there's less stats in this one than like Dark Souls or Dark Souls 2, and they're more concentrated. So um, you decide much more in how you want to play the game and how you allocate your stats. Uh, you're probably not going to do very well if you kind of milk toast it and just spread them out. So you tend to kind of focus on, I want to do strength weapons, or I want to do, you know, dexterity-based weapons. Um, but yeah, I mean, just like the other games, you can call people in to help you. If you want to do online co-op, you can fight other people, or they can invade you. They can come into your game and attack you. But how they get, you know, again, all these Souls games balance risk and reward. That's one thing they do really well. So, for example, in Bloodborne, you don't have to worry about some other player coming in and attacking you as long as you never ring out for help. But if you ring out for help, you may get a helper, or you may get an intruder. That comes in and tries to kill you. So, again, huge thing. And another big thing is the Chalice Dungeons. I don't know, Krabby, did you spend much time in the Chalice Dungeons? Yeah, I completed six or seven of them, I think. I did truckloads of them. Um, But Chalice Dungeons are randomly generated, some of them, not all of them. Some of them are static, some of them are randomly generated. And they are just basically extra areas that can get very difficult, but they have... Um, special rewards in them. And it adds, I think that's where its replayability comes in a little bit more. Some people get bored of them because they do get kind of repetitive to some degree, but uh, big rewards if you can make your way all the way through a lot of them. Uh, And it's something to kind of keep coming back and doing if you want to, outside of just the regular gameplay arc. So um, I could spend a lot of other time, but I'm going to guess we're going to hear more about it. So I'm just going to say that's it. Bloodborne uh, number two. Uh, I've, I've not played the DLC yet. That's next on my list. So as soon as Fallout 4 is done, I'm going straight back to Bloodborne. And and, and silence. So we'll awesome. <laughs> maybe we can't follow Bloodborne. It's the end of the show, right? <laughs> no, we can follow Bloodborne because we've got number ones left, right? Yeah, I don't have uh, a PlayStation 4 in my house anymore. Um, oh, did it go back? Yeah, the friend that I borrowed it from, they said, like, hey, like, you know, no rush at all. Like, are you playing it? Or I'm like, I mean, honestly, I'm not really, because I was playing Fallout at the time. So I was like, do you guys want to bet? And they're like, oh, well, we have, you know, I guess they, like, have another, I forget what it was. They have another TV, or they wanted to, like, put their TV up in their bedroom or whatever. So it's like, oh, no, no, totally, totally, take it back. So um, I can't, I mean, you know what it was? They wanted to, play, I think they all got copies of Battlefront or something, and they wanted to play together. Uh, in the house we're living in, so I don't have the system at my house anymore. So, uh, yeah, we'll we'll see if I can uh, uh, procure the system some point this year. K- kind of similar to Krabby with like the stuff that's coming out on Xbox that uh, he'll get a system once there's enough for him. Um, I'm kind of in the same boat. Like uh, since I'm dealing with only PS4 exclusive games because I already have one, uh, probably later this year um, if things uh, go well, I'll be in the club. So. I have a while to beat Dark Souls 1 and possibly Dark Souls 2 first. And Dark Souls 3, not far away. So, 
Uh, that's that's a lot of dark. Yes, if you're like me, you'll get hooked. But maybe you know what? You know what? I'm I'm hoping that I do because uh, you know there, there's too many people who like it too much for you know I don't want to not be in the club. Well, and if you play on the same platforms, you know that's something that we can you know you definitely play with friends or or. I will say too. I mean, these games, even just getting randos in, uh, is very helpful if you want to play online. That's uh, a lot of fun. A lot of fun. All right, so we're down to the big time number one, Bill. Woo. You guys ready? I've not played Woo. You guys Grace ready? Myself. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> All right. Wild Bill's number one pick for 2015. Number one. One, 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 one. <laughs> is Arkham Knight. Uh-oh. Now, we have not heard this one from Krabby, and he's a big Batman guy, so go for it. Arkham Knight is kind of similar to, like, one other, like, you know, big games from a, uh, uh, you know, from a, uh, uh, an established developer come out. Like, you kind of, you kind of know, you know how good that developer is. You know it's going to be, you know, hopefully as good as the last game, possibly better. And then it comes out, and it's every bit as good as you thought it was going to be, and more. And it almost, you know, it's a shame, because it almost comes as, like, uh, you take that for granted a little bit. But, you know, when, when you when you, you know, kind of slow it down and just realize how, how really, really good this game is. And it's really a shame that the uh, uh, the Master Race uh, has to take a backseat on this one. Um, <laughs> because the PC version is so broken. Um, I've heard that it's finally just recently uh, become playable on high-end hardware. Oh, um, no. But that is, yeah, that's a whole separate thing we can talk about later if anyone cares about it. But uh, for right now, the only place to play it is on console, uh, PS4 or Xbox One. Um, and it is it's just phenomenal. It's, uh, uh, I mean, kind of like, like similar to Star Wars, that, like, the people who really, like, there's people who really like it, and there's people who, like, poke at the plot holes in it. Yeah, there's plot holes in it. But, you know, it's, it's a comic book, you know, game. It's <laughs> like, like, I remember, like, no spoilers for the story, but like, there's, you know, events force the city to be relatively empty again. So there's no one in the city except for bad guys, like, you know, thugs and members of gangs and stuff. So then when, like, there's great big, you know, chemical attacks on the city, it's like, you know, they're just attacking thugs and, like, the bad people. <laughs> so that's kind of okay <laughs> because we're getting rid of them. And I'm like, ah, da, 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 da. you know, like it's, it's, you know, I, I can ignore a certain small number of plot holes if, if the game is really just phenomenal. And it really is in the story. Well, that, that's not a plot hole for Batman because Batman protects anything. Er, like, but, yep, exactly. Bad guys yeah. too. Yeah. There you go. So plot hole avoided. Uh, yep. so, but yeah, it's, uh, and the thing is, it is really difficult to talk about how powerful the story is without spoilers. Um, I'm not going to do uh, do any spoilers, but I'll just, you know, it's a shame that I just can't tell you anything about, you know, kind of the way the story goes. But there are some big, big things that happen story-wise that you just absolutely would not, uh, two things. You would not expect a Batman story to even go that far in a couple of these uh, different directions. And then you wouldn't expect, like, a video game, because a lot of times in games you're like, oh, well, like, they wouldn't do that. They're just not going to do that. And they do things, and you're like... I remember a couple times I just put my controller down and I just like put my hand over my mouth and like my wife came in the room and she's like, what happened? And I just put a hand up. (laughs) (laughs) 
and it's, you know, being a Batman fan and like, you know, kind of like a, a, not really an expert, but kind of like having some knowledge of the canon and some of the, you know, the storylines and things like that. There are characters you get uh, attached to and uh, relationships that you hope will work out, uh, you know, both good and bad. And uh, there are so, so many things that this game does so well. And I know a lot of people have poked at, like, you know, some of the potential, like, downfalls of the story. Um, but similar to people poking the same, you know, holes at Star Wars, I really just don't see it that way. I just see it as a great, big, like, epic ending to, like, this great big uh, Arkham uh, uh, story arc. Um and you could go down the list with like you know the mechanics and like you know like what the game is, what it isn't. It's it's phenomenal. It's the, the game looks absolutely amazing. If there's and if there's one thing I can tell you, as soon as you can get it, get the 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 upgrade that allows you to launch yourself out of the Batmobile. Because <laughs> yeah, that's fun. Oh man, and level it up to max as soon as possible because. Traversing the environment is, you know, like getting from A to B, like really quickly, is something that's always very important in these games. So, get in your Batmobile and just, you know, double tap that A button and hold it, and you can shoot like to the top of the side skyscraper level and just glide around. And the other awesome thing is you can then hit the bumper as long as you're over a street, and Batman will die, like dive bomb straight down, and the Batmobile will like meet you there and catch you, so you can just start <laughs> driving. It's, uh, and I gotta tell you, when I first heard. Oh, Batmobile's in the new... It's going to be Rocksteady. I'm like, okay, great, because Arkham Origins was poo-poo. So, okay, it's going to be Rocksteady. <laughs> great. And then, you know, they show this trailer where they drive around the Batmobile, and I'm like, uh... That's not Batman. You know, like, it is Batman because it's Batmobile, but it's not, you know, it's... it's. I guess you should say, it's, that's not Arkham Asylum. That's not Arkham City. Like, it was just a thing that I was like, uh, I don't know if that's going to fit in the game. And, oh, my God. Like ten minutes into like driving the Batmobile and like fi- like you know going into like battle tank mode, it's a hundred percent like I'm on board. Like give me that. Uh, so I had like the same reaction that you had to Sunset Overdrive with that, where it I really needed to warm up to it. The, it felt like the first hour of that game, mm-hmm. they just jammed that car down my throat and I had no choice but to use it, and it felt like one of those plot holes it's like why the heck am i driving a batmobile in ace chemicals and the building's like built for a car to drive through it it's really weird right. yeah no that, that is true because like they they force you to drive like there's a, a early on in the game you have to like there's like almost like an obstacle course like built into this like in a factory building and you can traverse it on foot but like basically like you got to get your car to this place because you have a power winch and once you get the power winch on there then you can like you know provide power to the thing and open up the ramp and open up the door so like they kind of explain it but like it really just feels like they did it just you know to justify their optical course um yeah. the one thing- once i got out oh, of the chemical plant mm-hmm. though and you could you could just call the batmobile when you wanted to yeah Amazing. I, you know what? Amazing. I, I might have even forgot that you had to finish that before you just, cause it, it, it's, it was just so long ago, uh, uh, that like, you know, I played the beginning of the game, but, uh, I, I just remember getting the Batmobile and just calling it whenever I wanted. So if, if they make you get through that ace chemical thing for a bit before you can call it, then that might have been, uh, yeah. And it doesn't take long. It's like the first mission you do, but yeah, it's very early. You didn't have a choice but to use it. I felt it really. Not a not a strong beginning for me. You know, you know. The, but yeah, like, go on. Okay, uh, I was gonna say like the the piece, uh, the similar piece that kind of like held me up on the Batmobile, kind of like you were talking before with Golden Eye. Like, 
left left uh, you know finger would go to for me is iron sights, not fire. So like right. in Goldeneye, I'd be shooting my gun like around every corner. Like oh, I'm sorry, I meant to aim. Oh oh, I meant to aim again. <laughs> ah, I gave away my position. The same thing happened with Batman with driving because every driving game that I can think of is your left finger on the trigger for uh, a brake, your right trigger for gas. Now, Batman does a hybrid control <laughs> where, oh, no. where your right trigger is gas and the B button is brake. Oh. And the left trigger puts your, puts your um, Batmobile into battle mode or tank mode. So basically what happens is when you're holding the left trigger, then the right thumbstick becomes, uh, 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 sorry, like your, your, then your stick, you go into, it's not like a strafe mode. So your left stick just controls your strafing, like forward, back, left, right. And your right is your aim, like it normally would be. And the reason you want that is because when you get surrounded by like eight or nine tanks, what's going to happen is you'll know when they're aiming at you, their like lasers will turn red when they're like, you know, about to fire. So basically, you need to be able to get around all those, you know, uh, incoming shots. And by having that strafe ability, um, and you have like a little kind of a boost ability. So if like a shot's coming straight at you, and you can't like just slowly like strafe out of the way in time, you can hit the A button for like a slight little boost. So you end up becoming this like Batmobile tank magician, like avoiding, <laughs> avoiding this shot, shooting that guy, and avoiding this shot, and then, ooh, a little bunny hop, and then like, like you, you feel so awesome, and like everyone in the tanks, like they're they're unmanned tanks, but like they're uh, they're drones. So, but everyone's shooting, like coming down at you, like he's, he's he's gobbling the tanks up. Okay, send thirty more at him, and you're like, oh my god, I'm never <laughs> gonna survive this. And then you do, and it's, I mean, like, and the thing is, I I will admit that the you know them throwing just more and more tanks at you, like it does feel like a little bit forced and just like a repeated mechanic that just like, okay, more drones to kill, but. Then it's not just drones anymore. Now, okay, like now there's scorpion tanks. And now there's, you know, like the, like little hover drones. So you end up in these little mini battles that you can't leave this area because you're trying to like decode this bomb, uh, that they planted in the road. So, which is one of the billion things you can do in the game. So, oh, it's just, uh, uh, so I was a big fan of the Batmobile, but when I'm driving around about 438 times, I went into tank mode when I meant to break. <laughs> so uh that was a piece getting around the Batmobile for me. But then the That's rest another of the... advantage I have to not playing many modern games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have these controller yeah. functions yeah, like hardwired into me. That, that muscle memory, right? No. I felt yeah, fine going in and out of tank mode. Yeah, it's a uh, man, I mean and, and maybe it's from all the burnout. I mean that just might be it. Um, cuz that's probably the the racing game I put more time into than anything else is burnout, but and the thing is, the the racing kind of feels a bit like burnout because you're going very fast. You're going off ramps. You're and the cool thing that the game does, like the one thing that like messes you up when you're driving real fast and you're having a good time, you don't want that flow disrupted. Like you don't want to like hit something and slow down, which is like you just want to keep that speed. So many right. of the things in the game that you hit just crumble, <laughs> like <laughs> street lights, like uh, guardrails, like unless you hit like a other building, vehicles, yeah, <laughs> other vehicles, you can smash them out of the way. Unless you hit like a building or like a cement, you know, like support structure, you're probably going to go through it or at least like not be slowed down too much. 
And there's this other. You can cool even take down some cement pillars, like yes. in the GCPD and stuff. Like yep. you can just take it right out. <laughs> oh man, so so cool. And then the the so it wasn't. It's not just the tank mechanic they brought the Batmobile into. There's also uh, like these chase sequences that like there's like certain guys that like have information you need. You got to chase them down and like hit their vehicle. They do this really cool thing with all your Firefly uh, fights where you see a firehouse on fire. You put the fire out, and then Firefly, you know, races out of the building, and he's and so now you're chasing him. So he's in the air, he's lighting stuff on fire. You're trying to avoid the fire, but also like catch up to him. Um, they did a really, really good, and then they had a handful of like uh, like obstacle courses you could drive through. Um, I thought that was a really good the, idea. I found them all really the, easy. The Riddler races were so like nonsensical to the story but they were so much fun yeah like he was like so i much created fun. this nine mile underground billion dollar obstacle course and then you, you need to beat it in three minutes yeah <laughs> it's like all right <laughs> i guess <laughs> it seems like you put a lot of effort into this <laughs> um but yeah no you're totally right like that I, and i guess that's part of the me that's just like blind to the plot wholeness of it because i'm just like Oh, well, this is a game, and I have to do this in three minutes. You know, so yeah, that that didn't bother me at all because it was fun. Like you'd be yeah. driving, and all of a sudden the roof would crush you, and like, oh, jeez, yeah, how do the, I get past that? And the, then yeah. I got a boost here, and then I can ride like horizontal on yeah. the wall if I'm boosting at this point. There were like, zero and I can G like moments. shoot this. When you shoot the middle of that one challenge with your power winch, and then the car is literally hanging vertically down, and you're like. Yep. Descending into this pit in a car. It was oh, man. so cool. <laughs> and, then there, and then there's parts where, like, you have to, like, fly off a ramp, shoot your power winch, lower your car down a shaft, and then just, like, in first person view, like, turn around inside the Batmobile, and then, like, uh, uh, like, eject yourself out of the Batmobile so you can fly <laughs> down and do other stuff. Like, it, it, yeah. at first, I really thought it was going to be gimmicky. And, I mean, I guess to a certain point it was, but. Everything just felt like you were just being Batman in like a crazy little Batman world, and uh, I mean, like all the stuff that you you know you already know about, like the combat's all there. The uh, um, you know, like actually, my my father in law was watching me play for a little while, and he kept saying like, "Is this is this Arkham City?" And I'm like, "Well, well, this is Arkham Knight. This is a new game." And he's like, "Yeah, but you did that in Arkham City." I'm like, "Yeah, like you know, the combat, you know, the combat is still the combat. You can still glide around." Um, you're still saving firefighters, which are some, for some reason, like once they're tied up, they stay tied up for like 48 hours until you come and find them. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like there's a lot of like repeating, uh, uh, themes in there, but, and there are, uh, one of the cool things for me, there are so many obscure villains that are included that totally didn't have to be. And they totally, uh, uh, fit. Um, one of my favorite villains only got like a, you know, five minute crappy little side story, which kind of upset me. Uh, a little bit. I know who you mean. That was, de yeah. that was the de depressing one. Oh man, I really thought that could have been like its own little arc. Yeah. And then it's, and then it's like the conversation is over. You and like, they set it up in Arkham City too, yeah. to be just amazing. Ah, uh, and then like you, it's like a QT, uh, quick time event. And then like, it's like, okay, hit Y, hit Y. And I'm like in the middle of the talking sequence. Okay. I hit Y. And it's like, all right, you apprehended him. I'm like, no, he <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sh should have escaped was... and everything would have been awesome. And it didn't go that way, but that's, that's only no. one. Uh, uh, the, the, the one that I really thought was awesome was the, uh, uh, you start finding like these like murdered and mangled bodies, like on display all over the city. And you just go yeah. into detective mode and kind of figure out what's going on. Like I actually didn't know who that was. 
Uh, and then, I didn't either. That's a, uh, a newer villain that I wasn't as familiar with. Yeah, I hadn't read that uh, any of that in the comics yet, so I kind of found out about that villain uh, through this story arc, and then I was like, oh, who is that? So then I looked him up, and I'm like, oh, he's pretty new, so now I want to read him. So, Which is kind of what got me into Batman uh, you know, years ago, is uh, after Arkham Asylum came out, it really got me interested in reading more Batman stuff, so the game's still doing that. You know what I would have loved... And the, the one one of the big reasons I, I was not disappointed with the game, but just it didn't live up to the expectation I had, mm-hmm. was the the main bad guy reveal. I really felt like they had earned the right to like do like a brand new villain that I'd never heard of, never didn't exist, and mm-hmm. I would go buy a comic series about <laughs> him afterwards, kind of thing. And it was it was kind of disappointing because the whole time I'm like. It can't be him because I know it's gonna be him, <laughs> and then it was. And I was like, ah. And and like right. I don't know if I just like I've watched movies before and played games before where like there's a big reveal and I'm like the big dope in the audience like, oh, that's awesome. I usually am. And, and I like my wife drives me nuts when we go to movies because she calls it like ten minutes in and I'm like I was just enjoying the ride. I did, was not it, thinking yeah. about who that could have been. Yeah, totally, just go, stop yeah. it. I totally like I'll do that with my wife, but like I'll write it down on a card and I'll put it in my pocket <laughs> and then after the movie's <laughs> over I'll hand it to her just so I don't ruin it for her like in the moment. But but yeah, like I had and again I haven't read uh, uh, that story arc of who that character is. I know of the character in the story arc. But the th- and they they foreshadow it a little bit early on, uh, kind of like yeah. midway through, and like I just didn't put it together. So when it happened, I was like, "Oh, awesome!" So, but no, I, <laughs> I totally get how like if you're you know, especially if you're looking for that, it's like, uh, and there it is. But uh, yeah. I I really thought it was really really cool, and without revealing any of the people who may or may not be in it, um, you know, if you're familiar with the series, great. If you're not, they kind of give you enough of a primer to kind of know a little bit about, you know, who that is. Um, yeah, I think so. But yeah, it's, uh, uh, I thought it was, but you know what I didn't realize? And I don't know if maybe I just wasn't paying attention. I didn't realize Arkham Knight was, you know, the bad guy. I just thought like, you know, Arkham Knight referred to, you know, Batman. So it wasn't until a few yeah. hours into the game where I was like, Wait a minute, they like because all they got you'd be flying around town and you hear guys saying like, "Oh, the knight's gonna really give Batman the business." And I'm like, "What are they talking about? Don't they know that <laughs> Batman is the Arkham Knight?" <laughs> so Arkham Knight's the bad guy in the in this game, and uh, they changed voices on the Scarecrow, which really confused me for a long time because <laughs> I'm so used to the Scarecrow sounding the way he sounded, you know, in the last uh, game. Yeah, but uh, they used—I uh, forget his name. It's the guy who played Denethor in uh, Lord of the Rings. I don't know. Uh, you guys watch? Uh, what's it called? I don't even remember. Sure, yeah, him. <laughs> That's him. Actually, um, Bob. <laughs> I I don't think it's a spoiler either, but because they they know they showed it in the trailer, so it's definitely a spoiler. So Joker is dead. Mm-hmm. at the start of this game but they still found a really cool way of getting mark hamill joker back into this game a really cool way phenomenal and and there were oh, oh there were some scenes with him that were just the best and again like no spoilers uh but like the, i mean the game opens up and like you're cremating uh joker uh yeah so like you know it's okay it's not a trick but like they still find a way to get him in there and they do it in a way 
that people who have read the comics uh, with the Joker, there's scenes that they they bring back, and they it's really, really, really super well done. Um, and there uh, was that one area where you you have to go and get the the people that were infected with the Joker toxin from the previous game. Yep. And there's the uh, he's like a talk show host, I think. And he and he's got a bomb strapped to him, and mm-hmm. he's on like a spinning yes. platform. Yes, yes, yes. And he's singing. Yeah. And partway through it, he just he's the, he's Mark Hamill Joker all of a sudden. And I didn't want it to end. I didn't want to defuse the bomb because I, I did the, same the thing. lyrics were so good they and were, so funny it, and it, so it Joker. was like cheesy like Vegas lounge singer. Uh, yeah, it was so good. Uh, the guy's name I just looked it up. Uh, John Noble. Jack Ryder. What was it, sorry? Uh, John Noble, that's the, the voice of the uh, Scarecrow. Oh, the game. voice. Yeah. But no, yeah, they, they found a really good way to get him in there. Some very uh, useful and effective uh, methods of uh, kind of like pulling like some tricks on you to make you think uh, yeah. some things are going on that maybe aren't going on. Uh, very, very cool. I didn't, personally, I didn't think that they really wrapped that up all that neatly. It was kind of like, you know, they did it just to do it. Um but, yeah. but yeah, it's uh, overall super, super happy the, with it. I don't normally hunt The one really games. cool thing they added to the combat too was the, uh, the teammates were yes. really fun. Yeah. That You'd was... get Robin, Nightwing, Catwoman, and you could do these amazing double attacks and you could switch between them on the fly. And oh, they were, it was they, awesome. They were awesome. Yeah. Cause you'd end up in this, in a, uh, a, what's it called? You'd end up in a situation where like, you know, you were, like, infiltrating a building, but, like, you know, Nightwing's also there. She's like, okay, you ready? And then, like, you pop out, and there's, like, 30 guys in there. So if you want to just switch between you and your other guy, you can just do that. But once you get an enemy, like, you know, to a certain spot in a combo, you can hit a button to kind of, like, uh, you'll call your teammate in to reboot. Alley-oop so, like, them. <laughs> yeah, like, you pretty much, you throw them up, and, like, boom, they take out whatever guy you were fighting, and then you continue fighting as them. So, like, it had this really cool mechanic of, like, okay... Once you got to that combo state, you're like, all right, biggest guy, biggest guy, biggest guy. Then you turn and start fighting the biggest guy and then just combo him right out of there with your partner. Really, yeah. really awesome. So it sounds like you guys are really digging. So I'm, I'm curious then, I have to ask, Krabby, then why didn't this game show up for you? It's got the same problem that City had for me. It's just too much. It, I loved how tight Arkham Asylum was, and I played it multiple times because of that. I don't like open-world games, typically. Okay, okay. And I love parts of this game so much, but then I, I just, like, stare at the map, and I stare at the, like, 300 Riddler trophies and and all the side missions that are... Like, when I, when I try and play a game, I try and get into the character and enjoy it and play like it would... Um, when you're Batman, like, you've got to prioritize, like, this is more important than that. And I just felt like most of the side missions were taken away from the importance of the main story. Okay. Yeah, All I right. can see that. I mean, I I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to tear down Bill's thing. I'm just, I know you're a big Batman guy. No, so. and I, I still really love the game, and I 100%ed it. Like, I played it enough to do everything and get the special little extra at the end. And Okay. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's open world it doesn't always do it for me if you had a top 10 instead of a top five would you would it make it 
It's not in my honorable mentions either, no. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that's all right. I mean, you know, I'm just curious. Being a Batman guy, I know you're a big Batman fan, so that's the only reason I ask. Uh, but, Bill, it sounds like you just, you loved this game. Really did. I mean, from from the, you know, minute I got it to, uh, I got it right, you know, right after it came. Actually, I traded in, I had, I, I was pretty, I wouldn't say super hot. It was pretty hot on Grand Theft Auto V for a little while. Um, I had uh, got it on some like great trade-in deal last November. Played it for a while, and I kind of fallen out of it a bit. And by the time Batman was coming out, I was like, you know what? I, I usually don't trade games in, but I really wanted to play it. I knew I wasn't going to play Grand Theft Auto forever, and you were still getting like 35 40 bucks trading for Grand Theft Auto. So I traded in GTA V uh, for Batman, um, and I haven't gone back... Uh, uh, you know, to GTA yet. I probably will once it gets cheaper, but yeah, I got it right when it came out and I kind of fell victim to the, uh, 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 the 10 review. Um, I, I, I just popped up a review to see like what, you know, Polygon thought of it. 10 was like, ah, crap. Now I got to get it. (laughs) So yeah, I was a big, big fan. Well, obviously, I mean, number one, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. All right. Um, Krabby, number one. I think we already know what my number one of this year was. <laughs> I feel like I know. <laughs> was Bloodborne. But for, I think, way different reasons than when you enjoyed it. All right, well, I want to hear it. Um, so typically, and I, th- I think my other than Mario Maker, my list kind of proves this, is I don't play a lot of games when they're relevant. <laughs> I, I wait until there's that, like, not a Steam sale, but, like, I can get it for way cheaper. It gets traded into the store. Um, I can trade someone else something for it. I, I try and get the best value out of it and then enjoy it on my own time kind of thing. Sure. Um, but playing Bloodborne when it came out, <laughs> I totally understand why people want to play something when it's like new and hot. Uh-huh. Because I got so into the lore of this game. And it was like when we were talking about Castlevania earlier. I'd be like daydreaming about like, oh, I wonder if there's anything else in this area I missed. Yeah. <laughs> if this weapon's better on this boss. So, like, I was just thinking about it constantly when I wasn't playing it. And then when someone would come into the store and I'd just overhear them talking to their friend about Bloodborne and I'd like walk and butt in between them. Hey, you talking about Bloodborne? <laughs> Ooh, party at? And then, then they'd start talking and I start talking and I didn't even realize it, but a lot of the time we'd be like yelling at each other at the end. We were so excited. We'd be like, did you find the cathedral ward? Like, did you kill the blood-starved beast? Like, there was this lightning wolf. And we'd just be getting so excited. We'd be getting so loud and obnoxious. Yeah. And I didn't realize I was that excited while I was talking. And just felt like an idiot afterwards, but like a good kind of idiot. And and just that sense of exploration too because i was playing it with and two other close friends were playing it around the same time and all three of us were hitting different areas finding different weapons finding different items and we were trying to share that information like on the schoolyard again like we were 10 like yeah if you go here you can get this did you know if you're going up this elevator you can jump out the window while it's running and <laughs> it's like, no i didn't know that and, and every day one of us would have something new to share with the other one and it's so such a long game too that we did that for like weeks and weeks. It was so much fun experiencing that together with a whole bunch of other people. Even though I played it offline completely, it was still very social for me. It was amazing. And the lore in that game really sucked me in because none of it is like conversations. Like you're just finding weird things as you walk around. You find an 
item that has some relevance to some place you've been and you just start linking these little tidbits together and making a coherent story out of them. It's awesome. Yeah, uh, kind of then, a hallmark of those all yeah. those games is we we're not going to spell it out for you. You can take no, the time. And and after I finished the game, um I was the first one of the three of us that were playing it to finish it. Um t- we got two different endings between the three of us and found like I don't know that like after we finished, they were telling me about other areas they went to. And then one of them started doing new game pluses and finding all these other places that all three of us had missed the first time through. And I really want to do another playthrough and I've heard fantastic things about the DLC. So I'm, I might try and import the European one to get that. <laughs> don't um, blame me a bit. Yeah. Uh. It, oh, I cannot wait to go back to that world and find some of the things that I missed and, it was just a really cool experience that I haven't had in like at least a decade where I've been able to share it with people at the same time. I just couldn't stop thinking about it and was in that world even when I wasn't playing kind of thing. And I mean, I'd say, I mean, I got all the trophies. I did everything I think there was to do. I've been getting uh, burned out on doing that with some games. I think Arkham Knight was actually the last one I did that on. Um, so I didn't want to do that with Blood I didn't want to make myself hate it by playing it too much. I so didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't, didn't bother me to do it. I, I don't think it did. And I've done that with games where I've enjoyed every second of it too. Uh, but with that one, I just felt like there was going to be too much grinding and replaying and I wanted to play some other games too. So I just sure. did my, my one playthrough and I didn't rush it. I just let it come to me as it did and, oh. I had such a good time with it. And that's the way to play all of these, whether it's Dark Souls or Bloodborne, I think, is you kind of have to go in and, like Bill, when we sit down, learning the mechanics from someone else, very helpful. Um, I'm not going to explain anything else to you. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the experience, and that's the... It sounds like I didn't even have all the mechanics down from No, Bloodborne. I mean, that's when you're telling me, like, no, I didn't do that. I'm like, what are you talking about? That's I, like a base mechanic of the game. It took me, like, the first, like, four or five hours of the game was, I didn't progress anywhere. Um, like, the really? Cleric Beast is the first boss. Yeah. I d- didn't find him or beat him forever. And I was having such a hard time because I was trying to use the, the threaded cane. Yeah, that's what I used. Yeah, I, di- I didn't realize um, you had to put your stats into, like, decks for that one, though. So yeah, I was putting them scaling. into strength and vitality, and oh. it was getting me nowhere. Yeah. Um, because it doesn't explain that to you. So that was, like, trial and error figuring that out. Yeah, that's the and way that same- all the Dark Souls games, though. I mean, it's all that. They, it's those same base mechanics. So once you understand them, they're very transferable. Yeah. And the um, ranged weapons, like, I tried them for in that same period. So did you just having- not use any of them? No, never. Like, I always had a constantly full supply of ranged weapon. That's crazy. You didn't use any magic or anything? No, I just used the Hunter's Axe like, the whole game. I never even really switched weapons. You're kidding me. I can't even understand how you would play it like that. Lots of the charge. You must have died with, a ton. Only in the first like five hours. And once I got past that, I got really good with because it was using the same mechanics. I was like perfecting them. Yeah. So... It was just figuring out when I could hold down a charge and because that Hunter's Axe, when it does the double swing with the charge, yes, so much damage and it stuns a lot of guys too. So 
was able to escape and recover some health and and I didn't really take advantage of the uh like close combat where you could recover your health from them. I really would hit and run, yeah. I'd like hit them, I'd run away, I'd heal a little bit with my uh blood vials and then go back in. Really? Yeah. You sound like you've played this completely different, which I will have to say that again the best part of it. That is the best part about the series in general, is that sometimes I'll sit down. I've played Dark Souls, I can't tell you how many times. I can still sit down on Twitch. People are doing like I'm going to do a run where I only use bows or I'm going to do a run where I, you know what I mean? Just crazy yep. stuff and you can do it. And it's a, they have to play a very different experience than what I did. Um, <laughs> and I think that's the strength of these things is again, we're talking about the same game that we both played. Totally different way to play it. Right. Yeah. And there were some parts of it too, where like, you know, you die a lot in these games and Typically, you you know you respawn in the hunter's dream, and then you you get back to it, and you try and get yourself back to where you were, find your old body, yeah, uh, and then just and that happened like dozens and dozens of times, and then one time I died, and and I'm ready to just see the loading Uh-oh, screen. I know, and there's a creature that comes, puts <laughs> me in a bag, and starts walking away with me, and I wake up in this dungeon instead yep. of in the hunter's dream, uh-huh. and I was so physically shaken by like just it was creepy and scary and i'm like what's happening this isn't what's happening this isn't what's supposed to happen right and then and then i'm like what happens if i die in this dungeon now like do i go back to hunter's dream or am i stuck in this dungeon and yeah it really subverts um it does a good job at that right and it's not going to tell you it's not it's not gonna be like oh you're stuck here you have to go do this it's just like there you are yeah. Good luck. And then the same thing with the insight. I didn't understand how that yeah, worked. Yeah, I know you told me. And I was like, you like had truckloads of insight. Yeah. So we were all, I like, I don't, neither of my friends that were playing understood it either. And and we were like competing. It's like, well, I got 50 insight. And he's like, well, I got 60. It's like, well, I'm up to 80 now. And apparently it makes the game much harder the more insight you have. And none of us realize that. Yeah. It does kind of cap off at a certain point. But yes, yeah. the enemies. Once you get to, like, 40 or 50, you can start seeing those, like, really big... Amygdalas. Yeah, that Uh are, like, clung to buildings and stuff, and, like, that can pick you up when you can't even see them sometimes. Uh Uh-huh. So we... And the way a lot of the enemies look is different, too. Yeah. Um, You'd you'd walk around this building you've seen, like, 30, 40 times before, and all of a sudden there's a giant beast there trying to grab you off of it that you just never realized was there. It was just really weird. Yeah, or you'd like see some of the enemies that you're used to seeing, like the big guys in the trench coats with the lanterns. And when you have a lot of insight, now you can see like there's all these eyeballs all over their lanterns. And, you know, yeah, I mean, that's, but that's it, right? The game is not going to explain any of that to you. It's up to you just have to take the time to figure it out. Yeah. Um, Or not. Or not. You don't have to. Yeah, some of it I didn't figure out. It was through those conversations with random people that we. Someone finally told me about the insight. They're like, "Why aren't you spending that?" <laughs> and so I was like, "What? You can spend it." <laughs> yeah, and if you want to play multiplayer, you have to burn insight for that. Right. So, that, we. I was playing offline, so that was one reason I didn't figure that out. Sure, but then you can cash in your insight, like those bath messengers, yeah. so you can buy yeah, stuff. That's, that's um, what I started doing with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Um, yeah, like some like you wouldn't know what you did to trigger events sometimes because you do a few things 
And then, like, you'd return to the hunter's gym, and you're like, oh, well, the cabin I've went in a million times to, like, craft weapons is on fire. <laughs> <laughs> what <Yeah>. is happening? <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing through the story is, like, you're on the night of the hunt, and as you progress, the night deepens, right? And yeah. the idea is to survive the night of the hunt. Um, but you haven't even got the best ending yet, right? No, I got the uh, – I'm trying to think what the three are now. Um, let's just say this. Did you wake up? Yes. Okay. Then that's yeah. probably the worst ending. I got the ending. middle ending, I think. Oh, that's the worst one? I think so. Okay. So when you went to this one part towards the end, you said, okie doke. Set yes. me Set me free. Okay. Yes. All right. Um, I would say that's probably the worst ending. Oh, really? Because I, th- I, I, I know of the other ones. I thought that was kind of the middle ending, the mediocre one. Um, I mean, there are different ways. I don't know, technically speaking, there is no best or worst, but, um, in my opinion, I would probably put that as the bottom. Oh, really? Not me. But that's it too. The game doesn't really explain to you how to get good, bad, or, and really it doesn't even tell you if it's good or bad. They're just (laughs) different, right? Gotta eat the... (laughs) Don't say that. (laughs) Why not? That's not... I, I did that twice. I found two of the three of them on my first run. There's four of them. There's four. There's four of them. I thought there's only three. Um, I think you only need to get three. But yeah. uh, there's some of the four. the bosses in it were really cool too. Oh yeah, just amazing. They, they always are in the Souls games, but yeah, just some of them really. Did you especially use, later in the game? Did you use items much or no? Um, like which ones? Like you could use like the Molotov cocktails or you know a little bit of the start I or the like the knives. No, I'd like I'd use the rocks at the start to like lure bad guys away from groups. Yeah, um, and uh, like it didn't last long though. Like once I got past that first five hour like hump, um, it was basically just me and the hunter's axe. Really, you yeah. didn't even use like poison knives or anything like that. No, never. I didn't even know you could get poison knives. <laughs> <laughs> See, Bill, what the, that's how deep these games are. Yeah. Um, made, seriously. Made his way through it. Yeah, I mean, that's it. But you can have this very different experience and still beat the whole game and 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 have this. And, again, that's this whole, whole kind of typical of, of this sort of thing. So, um, well, obviously it made a big impact on you, right? It's number one. Definitely, yeah. It was amazing. Something I haven't experienced like that in a long, long time. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, well, um, that leaves me. Um, I can probably you, you, Krabby, you can probably tell me what my number one is then, right? <laughs> is it Dark Souls Two? <laughs> it's Dark Souls Two: Scholar of the First Sin, which came oh, out sorry. this year. Um, <laughs> uh, really, all Scholar of the First Sin is um, they remixed um, enemy layouts and item placement in Dark Souls Two. They added a different ending boss scenario, which you could get. Uh, but I'll have to. And it includes all the DLC, the three DLC modules. So it's all, it's the complete game. It's everything that goes into it. So Dark Souls 2, Scholar of the First Sin. Um, again, it's these games, right? So we've been talking about. So I don't, probably don't have to beat that part to death. But why is this my number one over Bloodborne or, or anything else? And, I, and it's just honestly the sheer amount of time that I put into it and the amazing amount of depth that's there. Uh, again, there's so many different possible 
weapons to use and ways to build your character and ways to play through the game and again places to go or places never to go um or totally optional things to do or not do uh and again it's that same sort of thing as it doesn't it's never going to hand it to you or explain anything and when you find those you're like wow you know um I don't think the level craft is on the same par as Dark Souls, the first one, but the combat and the sheer range of play is so huge and so deep that, to me, it more than makes up for it. Um, You can have, and they've also upped the number of players that you can have in there, so you can have, um, I think it's up to five extra people in there, because you can have... Uh, I think three friendlies and two invaders all at the same time if you wanted to. Uh, but again, that's there. You can definitely do the um, the co-op experience a lot if you want to. You don't have to do any of that if you don't want to. Um, it expands on some of the co-ops. So whereas the other ones, it's pretty much just help beat a boss. There's also an item where you can just help someone for a certain amount of time. Um, and then just phase out and back to your world. That way, if you just want to go in and lend a hand to people, you can do that without having been committed to going all the way to the boss or whatever. Um, and the sheer amount of, of magic and things that are available to you, if you want to go down that path, is there. Uh, and uh, again, it's got that sort of storyline where it's never going to come right out and tell you everything, but it's there if you want to dig into it. Um, the characters are really well done. To me, when I look at all of these games together, you know, there's Demon Souls and then Dark Souls. And Dark Souls changed quite a bit, but relied on the same mechanics uh, and improved on it. Dark Souls 2 kind of goes and says, all right. We're going to integrate some of the stuff from Demon Souls into Dark Souls and put it together. And so it lifts some of the mechanics from Demon Souls and puts it in there while still retaining what makes Dark Souls what it is. Um, and without going too far into it, I can't, I can't explain it. And probably one of the best things I think they did, which I think was a huge addition, is that you can respec. Uh, and you couldn't do that in any of these other games, but there's an item that you can get. There's not very many of them, but you can get an item that way. You can totally respect your character. So like what you were saying when you go, oh, you know, I was dumping all these points into strength and they weren't helping me because I was using a dex-based weapon. Yeah. You could go back in, in Dark Souls 2 and you could respect and go, oh, well, I'll just reallocate my points into dex instead. Uh, and that way you didn't feel like you've screwed yourself over. Or uh, now I'm forced to play with this other weapon that I don't like as much because that's where I put my points. Um, so that's a little bit more forgiving. And they've even said for Dark Souls 3 that's coming back. And that even gives you extra longevity because you can take that second, that same player you've been using. Let's say you've been using magic really heavily and you, or you've focused really heavily on dark magic and you decide, I kind of want to play differently now. I would rather – I want to go to a melee character. Respect your character, away you go, right? You don't have to re-level, you don't have to start a new character, you can just kind of keep going with what you've got. So it takes some of the restraint off in terms of um, 
having to worry quite as much about where you're putting your points when you level up and gives you more open to, hey, do you want to go try this kind of class setup for a while? Don't like it? Respect. Try something else. Um, and you have that same sort of gameplay that you get in Dark Souls and Bloodborne. Um, it's still in that setting, which is more of a medieval you know, sort of thing, and there's a lot more magic than there is something like Bloodborne. Um, but again, it's that traditional sort of sword and shield, although you don't have to go that way. They've improved that a lot, so I know a lot of people go with sword and shield, but they've, um, in Dark Souls 2, they introduced something called power stancing. So if you want to go with two weapons, one in each hand, you can do that. And certain types of weapons, if you have and your stats high enough, you can do what they call power stancing. And that is where instead of using them individually, like one in one hand, one in the other, you can actually use them both in like big combination attacks. Uh, That's cool. Which adds like another whole layer to it. But to have the access to that, you have to basically um, have to have well above the minimum requirements for those weapon classes. Um, and that opens up this power stancing feature to you uh, where you can use almost like two weapons, like one really powerful weapon. And again, that just adds this whole extra layer to the combat system if you want to do that. But again, you don't have to do any of it. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I've probably said enough about this series already. Um, I think Dark Souls 2 is probably... The most when accessible. Year, when the third one comes out, you can que- clean sweep your list. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. We'll see what I play. We'll see what I play this year. But um, I I sunk so many hours into that game this year. Um, I just I was telling Krabby a little bit earlier, um, I've actually just ordered my fourth version of the same game. So <laughs> I've got it coming for PS4 <laughs> in a few days. Uh, that's how much I like playing this. It's just... Uh, it just feels good, and it's fun to play, uh, and it's not a mechanic that I get tired of, or it's like, oh, I'm just burnt out, and I don't want to do this anymore. Uh, it's just very rewarding, and I enjoy it, and, and it keeps me, it's going to keep me, that and Bloodborne DLC will keep me plenty busy until Dark Souls 3 comes out. Um, so yeah, that's my thing. So Krabby, do you play Dark Souls too much? Not at all yet. Not at all yet. Nope. Okay. Well, that's the only one I haven't touched at all. I think yeah, there might be a lot there for you to like, especially if you're liking, you know, what you've got in Bloodborne. That's obviously same sorts of stuff. So I don't doubt that for a moment. <laughs> so a lot of choices. Uh, Bill, I think you're talking. You want to start with Dark Souls? Is that right? Yeah, I'm going to start with Dark Souls. Um, I don't know if I would ever go back all the way to Demon, um, but yeah, I'm going to start with Dark Souls and. Uh, uh, from there, I don't know if I would do Dark Souls 2 or Bloodborne. I guess it depends on if I have a PS4 uh, available to me. Um, but yeah, Dark, and Dark Souls is uh, 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 my uh, future brother-in-law, Mike. Uh, I remember there was a time for like three or four months where I was, uh, every time I would talk to him, he was like, I forget what I was trying to get him to play, but he was like, pretty much every minute of my free time goes to Dark Souls. So he, he got the itch on that one too. So uh, I've, I've got... Uh, I've got support uh, wherever I need it there. But, uh, yeah, I, I think I told you Dark Souls is on sale right now in the Steam sale. It's like, well, like $18 or something like that. So I'm going to hold off for now. I'm going to finish uh, Dark Souls 1, and then yeah. we'll see where I'm at. Yeah, I don't blame you. I mean, even the console copies, brand new copy of Dark Souls 2, Skull of the First Sin on PS4 mm-hmm. that I just bought from Amazon, 20 bucks. Oh, nice. So, I mean, 
it's cheap no matter where you want to play it mm. um and xbox one same thing it's like 20 bucks right yeah they're all cheap unless you want to get into some of the special edition stuff yeah, exactly uh, well even and even for a while i picked up dark souls 2 collector's edition for like 30 dollars that's the exception like the demon Souls special edition oh, the bloodborne yeah. collector's edition those like, were really a pain in the not butt. easy to find those were really a pain in the butt for me to get uh and then now with dark souls 3 thanks <laughs> Bandai Namco for screwing me on that one. <laughs> How do you release something only in one country? <laughs> Come on, man. Don't yeah, do that. You can pay for shipping nowadays. I guess, yeah. And the British pound is clobbering us so it probably feels like how you feel with the american dollar <laughs> which means you can probably never afford to get anything from the uk uh, probably yeah, like twice as much dollars in the tank so hard right now i hear that a lot of canadian followers on twitter and i feel for them that's uh yeah you can blame saudi arabia i guess <laughs> So that is our top five for 2015, but we want to spend a few minutes for some quick honorable mentions. So, Bill, uh, do you have any honorable mentions you want to throw in? Uh, I do. Do you want me one at a time or just throw all five of them out rapid fire? Slam them out. Yeah, just just let us have them. And right. you, you know. I'm slamming it. Um, RBI Baseball for the Nintendo Entertainment System. <laughs> <laughs> Wise decision. I, I, I had a friend over. Not a friend. I had a uh, uh, my, my sister-in-law's boyfriend came over. Not a retro gamer, never played Nintendo, and I was like, okay, the first Nintendo game you're ever going to play is going to be RBI Baseball. And I taught him how to play, and he actually got pretty good at it, because he you know, played other games, uh, you know, N64 and later. And we played, like, three or four games of RBI Baseball, and we were laughing the whole time, like, because, uh, like, playing against a computer, the pitching isn't, you know, always uh, just a really good time, so really, really cool uh, 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 one to throw in there. Uh, I want I want to throw in Mega Man Two mm, uh, for yeah. uh, the uh, the, the uh, RF Gen Bro playthrough that we had at my house with uh, uh, you know Big Man and Isret and Rustling Man and Eric and like all the guys who just pass the controller around. Uh, Rich uh, Floyd, uh, the lag was definitely real, but you guys made it through that game. <laughs> uh, real, real real fun night, even if it is the third best Mega Man behind uh, uh, four. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> um, and uh, in that same vein, uh, the Jackbox. Oh, yeah. Oh, we the had Jackbox so much fun. Was so great. And uh, you kind of forget about it because it's just a silly little party game. But every, but uh, I, I bought a physical copy, actually. I feel like crabby. I like, could have got a cheap <laughs> digital, and I was like, no, no, physical. So it was like the deal of the day at Best Buy a few weeks ago. It was like $8. So oh. I bought it... Uh, uh, and we have it on a disc uh, now at the house, but phenomenal, phenomenal game uh, with three or more people, preferably more uh, over. Um, and I knew which one was the fart sound, so I waited to get it at like, <laughs> the exact time so that all of my responses would be farts. It was cool. Um, and uh, 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 NFL Blitz 2001. Really? Yeah, we uh, we this is one of the games that we uh, bought for the expo. We had it in our storage uh, locker there before the expo started. And after a meeting one night, all of the expo partners were all like ready to pack up and leave. We had some Chinese food and some beers. And someone said, hey, you guys want to play NFL Blitz real quick? Because before we called it a night. And I was like, I don't know, it's kind of getting late. But like, whatever, we just fired it up and played it. And I haven't played Blitz in years. 
And I can't tell you how much fun we had <laughs> playing like a four-player game of Blitz uh, on the arcade hardware. It was so awesome. Everyone was high-fiving. There was like elbow nudging and like, you know, shoulder pushing going on. Everyone was just laughing. It was so cool. And like to the point where I was like, how, how am I having so much fun playing NFL Blitz? I mean, it's been forever, but just, just one of those like, uh, what do you call them? Uh, just one of those memories, I guess, that'll, that'll stick with me for about that night. And my last one is a game that you guys have definitely not heard of called Axiom Verge. I have heard, heard of that. You have heard it's of like it. It's like the Metroid downloady game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> downloady. <laughs> <laughs> Those downloady thingies. That's on the the web. The the AOL. Um, Floyd was a big thumbs up for that one too. Uh, it's on PS4, I think. Yeah, that's that's you know what that is right. It was. Uh, I mean, this game is so. I actually, I've only played a little bit of it, which is why it's, it might actually crack a, a, a bigger list uh, at a later date. It was programmed over five years by one dude as like a side project, and oh man, the, the reviews are just overwhelmingly positive. It like everything I've read about it is like you think you know how it's going to play out, you absolutely don't. And it's uh, the, one of the cool lines I read about it. One of the reviews was. It pays respects to the, uh, you know, to Nintendo and the, uh, the Super Metroid, uh, type game without being a slave to its, uh, um, you know, to its uh, mechanism. So it's, nice. oh, I, I really, really can't wait to play it. I, I forgot that it was on PS4. Yeah, you're right. I thought it was a, a PC, Mac, and Linux only, but yeah, it is on PS4. Um, so yeah, those are just a couple of the, uh, uh the cool gaming stories and things that kind of like, you know, made the, uh, consideration list. Love it. Love it. Uh, Krabby, honorable mentions? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to slam a bunch together all from the trip there. Oh, all so right. So I had an awesome time doing Mega Man 2, like Bill said. So good. Same with Jackbox. I didn't play it with anyone else, but I really enjoyed playing Mega Man 3 on your friend's play choice there, even though I <laughs> got shut down like 10 <laughs> minutes from the end. <laughs> I'll send you the card. You can play it at your place. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I had a good, really good time playing NBA Jam with, uh, like Bickman and Floyd and I think Rich was the other one, um, at the event there too. It was so awesome. Uh-huh. Um, uh, and then with Chris, um, he let me play through Mega Man 10 at his house. Yeah. First time I ever played it. Really fun. Uh, and we stayed up really late one night playing Holy Diver too. <laughs> we, we did not beat it, but we got pretty far. I was pretty pleased with it. I want to see you game. get that game and beat it. I want to see that happen too. <laughs> That's hard. Um, at the store, um, we've got a Neo Geo cabinet and we have s- some rivalries going on for Windjammers and King of Fighters 97. And more people are slowly trickling into that rivalry and the pool is growing. It is so fun playing those games. And especially in King of Fighters lately, I started playing with Chang. If you know who that is, he's the huge bald guy with like a ball and chain. Yeah, tied yeah. Super slow, super ineffective. I'm getting good with him and I can beat people with him now. And he is the most frustrating character to get beaten with. So it gives me a great deal of joy when I, when I win a match with him. Um, lots of Street Fighter 4 and Smash Bros. 4, again, at the store because we do like weekly events for them. Oh, yeah. I don't get to join weekly, but when I do get to have so much fun playing with those guys. Um, I'm going to say download game, Bill. Oh! Are you listening? Jamestown. Oh, awesome. Yeah, because it was someone else's. Yeah, it was someone else's. <laughs> I didn't pay for it, but boy, did I enjoy it. Man, is that a it, good... I mean, I'm not even a schmuck person, but oh. that is a good game. 
That is the funnest mechanic for multiple people. It is it is boring as hell by yourself. I tried it. Mm-hmm. Not fun at all. But you have three or four people, and as long as one of you is alive, everyone is yeah. yelling at them to stay alive <laughs> and cheering like heck if mm-hmm. they make it and yelling at them even more if they don't make it. <laughs> it was just oh, it was so fun. And we did that for a few weekends in a row. It was the best. Um, and my last shout out goes to Xenoblade Chronicles, which I have been, I played a lot on the trip down to Chris's and I've just now been, um, slamming through it. I think I'm actually saved right before the last boss. Really? Um, wow. I'm trying to finish it up so I can start the Wii U one. I didn't oh, realize yeah. you had been playing that. So you had your own personal copy on top of the sealed one that you brought for me? I played in the 3DS one when I was down oh, there. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. I was doing it on the plane and like on Chris's couch and after I went to bed and stuff. Awesome. Yeah. He's hooked. Did you get the collector's edition of the Wii U game? Uh, I did actually. I went to pick it up and the EB games had all of them just got thrashed. Like they were like not even just like bent corners. Like they were torn open before they even opened the shipping box. What? So I passed on those and I've forgotten about it. I just picked up the regular one. And then I was at Best Buy picking up something completely unrelated. And I was walking by the shelf and I had to like do the turn and walk backwards to go see it. Because I had one of them sitting there and it was in great shape. So uh, I grabbed that one. Did you get uh, that Rodea? I didn't get the special edition. No, I ended uh, up having to settle for the regular. They canceled my order and didn't tell me why. That sucks. That's yeah. going to be a hard one to find someday. It is. Yeah. All right, uh, that all your honorable mentions there. Yeah, that's me. All right, and Mario Kart Eight is awesome. I played a lot of Mario Kart Eight this year. So much fun. Uh, for my honorable mentions, the first one I'll throw out is Lords of the Fallen. Uh, almost made it into my list, but it got beat out. <laughs> I forgot about that guy. I, I, like I <laughs> that said, it would have been hilarious if that was in your that replaced Fallout. Yeah, it almost had a. I almost had a you know style of game clean sweep. Um, but Lords of the Fallen is the best Dark Souls ripoff. So if you want to play Dark Souls, it's not Dark Souls. It's pretty good. It's not as good, but it's pretty good. Um, they try to make it more accessible. And I think by doing that, they kind of lose some things that make the magic. Uh, but I had fun with it. It's a good game. Uh, I would say play it once. You probably won't go back. Uh, Kid Icarus, well, actually I played the Famicom Disk System version, but I was, uh, did the playthrough with Rich and his guys on the, on the playcast, and I got to talk about that. It was really early in the year, but I loved doing that one. I, a lot of people say it was hard. I, I played a lot. I, I felt it wasn't very hard, but... It starts off hard. Once you get past that hump, it's like Bloodborne. Yeah. <laughs> it gets easier. Yeah, third level. If you can get past third level, you're good. Yeah. Um, like you guys said, Jackbox, Mega Man 2, that whole everything that we were doing, Quiplash, that whole evening was uh, way too much fun. So I had to give, just like you guys have, if you've got a big bunch of people together, those are the games you want to play. And I also want to say Killer Queen, which I think I mentioned before, is like this special Ugh. arcade machine. I've actually tracked another one down in my area, so we're going to have to get a guy's night where we all go out and play Killer Queen. Um Man, just watch some videos on Killer I was Queen. really hoping that place we went to, the one that would have had it still. Uh, I ended up finding where it went. It went to nice. the Indiana State Museum for some reason in their arcade. Uh, but how, I just totally lucked upon it. I was there to see Star Wars, and I look in their arcade, and I'm like, <gasps> there it is! <laughs> <laughs> their arcade was closed, 
at the time, but uh, so I found it. But Killer Queen, if you can locate a machine, uh, ground up nine of your friends and play. Um, probably with alcohol, it'll probably help. But uh, I think uh, besides, I just want to couple mention a couple quick things. Like we played together, so I had a lot of fun um, with uh, like some of the games out there, like Sapphire. Um, yeah, that was cool. Yeah, so I've da- I shame on me downloaded a copy, but man, that game is crazy expensive. <laughs> no way, like eight hundred dollar game. So there's just no way I'm going to buy a copy of that. But uh, was really pretty cool, and. Um, you know, a couple of the ones we play, like it was really fun getting to play some more Street Fighter 2, uh, both on the Super Nintendo when we were out there and on that yeah. arcade machine that was in there. So uh, it's always fun to play Street Fighter with friends. Very excited to play some five with you. I'm ready. Uh, I'll, I'll be interested to see how it plays out. I obviously don't have it, so I don't have the beta or anything else, but we'll see. I'll probably take me a little bit to get my hands on it. Ah, but that's it. I mean, that's our best of 2015. I think that's a, I think it's a pretty good list. Great list. Solid. Best list. All right, well, thanks, everybody, for listening to another episode of the RF Generation Collector Cast. Appreciate you guys listening in for our 2015 wrap-up. Uh, and here's to another exciting year, right? Another big 2016. So, um, Bill, thanks for hanging out for another fun year doing the show. Absolutely. It's great to be here. Yeah, looking forward to 2016. Yeah, well, the more Dark Souls, the better. <laughs> I can't. I can't wait till tomorrow night. I want to see how this goes. I'm. I'm pulling for you, uh, Krabby. The new year, you know, 2015 was very kind to you with some big heavy hitters, but 2016 is going to be ultra kind with your new arrival of a different sort, right? Yeah. So definitely excited I, to have a new mini crab master. I, I always have to have as many stadium events as I have children. <laughs> There's just something wrong about that. I, I just want to say, when I posted your picture on Twitter, some of the comments, I, most of them were awesome, but one person was just like, expletive. <laughs> uh, but anyway. Um, all right. Thanks, everybody, for listening to us for another year. Uh, we really appreciate it, and we will catch all of you in 2016.